Welcome to the Winner Takes All podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything competition, whether it be sports, reality competitions, or if LeVar Ball can take MJ in a one-on-one match. If you're competing, we're talking about it. I am your host, Kevin G, and I'm here as always with my co-host, CJ. CJ, what's up, man? I'm doing great. It is a great day. How are you doing? I'm doing good, too. The reason I am talking to you here again is because we are going to do an NBA preview. I'm excited for basketball. I'm excited for basketball, too. Today, though, you know, we've done some preview podcasts before. Yes. We did like the challenge. We did a bachelor. Mm-hmm. Bachelorette, I should say. We figured that we can go more in depth if we break it out into his own show. You know, we do these and we talk for a really long time about these things. I think I want to give it the uh, attention it deserves. I agree. We should definitely give it the attention it deserves. It needs to be talked about in depth. And for these episodes going forward, I think we're going to try to bring in like a special guest. Today, we have a very special guest, one of my very good friends, Dr. Jen, a.k.a. the pretty Dr. J. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Hey, guys, how are you? Good, good to see you. Now, Jen, you're not just a, a, a avid NBA fan. Yeah, I mean, I am. You are, yes, but you're not just that. No. You're the doctor of sports medicine? No, sports and exercise science. Okay, so so you know about these guys and their injuries and all these things like that. So like Kevin Durant coming back from that gruesome what, AC, what yeah, Achilles Achilles injury. Achilles yeah. injury. Then like Clay, Clay just staying injured right now. Yeah. I mean, why you got to bring up things that make me sad? Because uh, it's funny. <laughs> Maybe I mean, yeah. It is. That's why. That's why I brought it up. Because it's funny to me. Anyway, so Jen, can you tell us? You know. We already brought up Mr. Kevin Durant. You want to start there? Yeah, let's okay, let's let's before we get into breaking down these teams and how they look, let's talk about some of the injuries that we are going into the season with and how you as a specialist think <laughs> this is going to affect them if they'll be able to come back from this cuz I I want to talk about specifically Kevin Durant. Right. I want to talk about Clay. Yes. And I want you to touch on Boogie a little bit if you got anything about him. As well as John right. Wall. As well as well as John Wall. Oh yeah, yeah, we can get in. Yeah, we can get in all because John Wall ain't played in two years. Sure hasn't. Yeah, he's about to be like. Clark. I actually <laughs> thought he retired for a minute there. <laughs> and and you're like, down that oh, two- you got traded. And then no, I was like, traded. Yeah, but he's not turning down two hundred million dollars. No, he's, he's going to be. I wouldn't turn chilling. down two hundred million dollars. <laughs> exactly. So, Jen, right? Break it down for us, Doctor Jen. Talk about Kevin Durant. All right. So, um, as we know, he ruptured his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? That was season? in June, June of 2019. 19, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, I was I was really thinking about it. I know we've been, we've been watching some of these uh, preseason games. He looked good in the last game, scored 25 points. But for many, many reasons, I just don't think he's going to be the same player. Even Clay, I don't think that he's going to essentially come back, but he's going to be a separate uh conversation that we have here but i'm just gonna name a few names for you okay okay uh we got penny mm-hmm. okay we got mashburn okay jamal mashburn we got bender yeah we, we got granger yeah Danny granger okay. okay we got greg odin uh-huh. yeah yao ming yeah okay. i forgot about him right and then we got bynum thank you for the championships <laughs> <laughs> and you bynum right who ended up going to i think the, the sixers 
The six, the six, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got traded six. Okay, so all of them had. You forgot Wes Matthews. What was that? Wes Matthews also. Wesley Matthews. Oh. He was on the Mavericks. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I was just, I mean, I was just, these are just my notes, okay? (laughs) My notes were incomplete. Sorry, Doc. (laughs) Um, No, but, um, so essentially, all of these players had kind of a series of injuries, right? So they all kind of started out with one major injury, Mm -hmm. and then they were just kind of plagued with injuries afterwards, okay? Okay. Did some research. Between the years of 1988 and 2011, okay, 18 players ruptured their Achilles, Seven of them never came back to the court. Wait, they like never returned? Never returned. Okay. Of those that did come back, not only did their stats decrease in their first and their second season, they played fewer minutes and they had a decreased efficiency. And now we're looking at Cousins, Kobe, Gay, here's your Matthews, who definitely had a reduction in that shooting efficiency. Yeah, he did. And so the only player that has come back from a ruptured Achilles and return to all-star form. You, if, you, if you if you say Kobe Bryant right now. No, return okay. to all-star form. <laughs> no, I, I literally I already listed him. But return to all-star form. I wasn't sure if you were going like, to say his name and then say, was Kobe Bryant? Absolutely not. No. Who do you guys think it was? That um, returned as an all-star? Returned and hit all-star form. After tearing his Achilles? After rupturing his Achilles. It wasn't Penny. No. no. I don't know. I haven't said his name yet. Who? Was it Grant Hill? Nope. No, Grant Hill never returned all-star never, form. Never well, he returned. tore his patella tendon, too. It wasn't his Achilles. Grant Hill? Yeah, I thought his it was. His was his ankle. His was his ankle? Okay. Yeah, he had, once he, like, broke it or. And then he, like, then he got sick yeah. after that, too. Staff, they had like a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah Grand Hill. No, but who is it? Wilkins. Oh, that's oh. right. He was the only player, right? So that's our glimmer of hope here. Yeah. When we're talking about Kevin Durant returning to being Kevin I Durant. Know, I don't know how hopeful that is. You just named nine guys. Exactly. So one. You notice I said glimmer, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. You say that, and like I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be Kevin Durant, but I think Kevin Durant could be like 2012 Dirk Nowitzki, which is a big drop from Kevin Durant, but that's still an all-star. Still an all-star, okay? But one of the things you guys have to realize, right, with basketball, there's a lot of sprinting, there's a lot of running, there's jumping when you're shooting, dunking, there's also landing. Those all things that Dirk never did. All things that your Achilles does. Right. Okay? Now, once you have a rupture and then they repair it, there's a lot of scar tissue that comes back. And essentially what it does is it stiffens it and it makes it to where you're almost unable to have the same kind of elastic energy recoup that you normally would get, right? To give you that spring, to give you those hops, to give you that explosiveness. Okay. Okay. So once you rupture your Achilles, I don't want to say it's a death sentence in the NBA, but it's definitely the injury that is the absolute hardest to come back from because your jump shot is never the same. And the reason, because... Now we are changing how our lower body functions. You have to then alter what you're doing with your upper body. Okay. So your shot changes. And that's essentially what we're looking at when we're looking at Kevin Durant. Now he looked good in this last game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that. he. It is preseason though. It is preseason. Right. But when you are operating at 85%, yes, you're going to look good. Yeah. When you reach that 95 ish at the start of the season, cause they're definitely not a hundred. Mm-hmm. 
right? That's going to be a different story when you actually are doing those hard cuts, when you're doing, you know, those hard sprints, when you are doing the, the jumping in that, at that hundred percent level. Right. And so what it does is that it also kind of creates what we call kinesiophobia. So kinesiophobia is essentially a fear of movement due to the idea that you could potentially re-injure and it plagues numerous athletes. And this is why out of all of those players that I've been listing, they end up with not just one major injury, but then they end up being plagued by numerous ones after because of that fear of, I don't want to re-injure or get injured again. And then they start to have these they, they essentially compensate. So, yeah. So you, you're saying they screw themselves up further by compensating. Yeah. But it's a mental game. Yes. And so how do you, how can you, aside from an actual sports psychologist, how do you, how do you change that? Well, there's a lot of guys that they know they can't move the same. They compensate and then they get hurt further and then they're never the same. Right. And that's what I'm, that's why I'm saying that I don't think Kevin Durant is going to be essentially the all-star, the all-star that we are used to. Right. So it's just, and it's just the same. And then if we kind of transition that into clay, right. Clay for next season. I don't think, I honestly don't think he's really going to be even close to what, because he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL on his left and he has a ruptured Achilles on his right. You tell me which leg you're going to explode off of. Uh, right. You're not, (laughs) you know, it's tough. Cause like if clay wants to get that explosion back, he might need to switch to a sport like slam ball with the trampoline. Because <laughs> he was never really like big on the hops to begin with. Right. And now, like you just said, he's compromised on both sides. So who knows what's actually like he's a set shooter. He's going to have to learn how to shoot without taking off. Right. And that's going to. And when you do that, you're going to have to change your upper body mechanics. He's not going to have that smooth stroke that he used to have. Well, on hmm. top of that, with Clay, he's he's his big claim to fame is that he's a two-way player yeah yeah he's not going to be able to get back and defend in the same way that he used to either so you don't think he's even going to have like the ceiling of a three like a very expensive three and d dude i don't think so because it's not his defense is not going to be like he he's an all-star defender Mm -hmm. absolutely i I don't think he's going to be able to be that anymore and if he's not that that screws up the Warriors all the way down the board because he often took the tougher guard of the guards to let Steph rest on defense, basically. So he could get ready to play, shoot the ball, and run the offense. Dang. That's going to be rough. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's a future Warriors problem. It is. We're going to get into the current Warriors problems on this, too. True. We are going to talk about that. (laughs) What about – we had John Wall and DeMarcus Cousin, Team Kentucky. Right. Down in Houston. Down in Houston. What do you think is good? They're like prognosis, uh, prognostication, if you will. Yeah. If if the prognosis should, for those two. You should there probably leave the big words to the doctor. <laughs> he got it. He got it. I got it. I had to work through it. What do you think is going to work for them, though? Because you have Boogie coming back from an ACL injury. Is it an ACL? That he had in the offseason, I believe. I thought it was Achilles. I thought it was. He had the Achilles before. He had the Achilles, yeah. he had the Achilles he had, before. Yeah. And then he got the ACL after. Yeah. Is that, the is that what it was? He had, yeah. yeah, he okay. injured his Achilles when he was on the Pelicans. And, and then, then he signed with the Warriors. Signed with the Warriors. Still didn't look right. Well, signed he strained his calf, I want to say, with the Warriors. And then he was out, and then he came back because he tore his ACL in the same playoff run that 
Durant tore his Achilles. No, he tore his ACL in the offseason mm-hmm. when he was working out here in Vegas getting ready to play with the Lakers. He had just signed and was getting yeah, ready to play with the just Lakers. Signed. Oh, that's right. Okay. And then tore his ACL. And so he was out all season with the torn ACL, obviously. Right. And then now he is signed with the Rockets, along with John Wall, who hasn't played basketball in two years or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Because he had, a, I think, an ACL or an Achilles. And then he also stabbed himself in the foot <laughs> or something. It, this, it was the stabbing. <laughs> it was the stabbing. And then the Achilles. Yeah. No, I don't think he had an Achilles. He did have an Achilles. Did he? I want to say he did. I thought his was ACL. Either way, he's also compromised. Yeah, yeah so they're both compromised. Um, I think at the end of the day, especially with Cousins um, having both of those injuries, and I don't know if they're opposite legs or not, so mm-hmm. uh, we would have to look further into that one. So John Wall tore his Achilles in 2019, and he did that at home while he was already recovering recovering from... Stabbing himself? No, that's when, oh. he, uh, that's when he had hurt himself. He had a... He had reoccurring pain in his heel. Before that, he had something going on with his knee. So I'm assuming ACL from the knee. Probably. In 2018 and 2019, he tore his Achilles while he was at home. Allegedly. Allegedly. So how after having been away from basketball for a couple of years with right. his injuries, what are, what are we thinking for him? Well, I think for him that the biggest thing is going to be his level of conditioning because it ain't there. I don't care what he's been doing in the off season. I don't care, you know, what he's been doing outside of or preparing for this. His level and conditioning is not there. Um, essentially, simulated games, yeah, they're cool or whatever to kind of help you kind of get a feel for it, but they still don't get you to where you need to be, right? Right. So I think that the biggest thing with him is that that level of conditioning is going to be so drastically reduced and his minutes are going to be what maybe 15 20 minutes a game to start well Well, he's going to be expected to do more because i mean we're going to get into it but there's a whole hard catastrophe right 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 and that is a whole catastrophe but you're not going to take a player that hasn't played for two years and put him in 30 plus minutes a game to start right probably not but you're gonna have to i don't (laughs) i I mean it's just it makes no sense it makes no sense And, and again going back to that's how players get injured, right? <laughs> true. This is why the off season is supposed to be much longer than what. We I mean, have. this year is a crazy year. We're going to talk about that, but I, I think he's going to have to play those kind of minutes. It's going to be it's, dumb, and it will be dumb. And then, and then again, it's I don't know if he's been seeing a sports psychologist. I don't know if he has that fear of getting injured because he's had numerous things happening. Yeah, and people don't realize the impact that that has when they're like, "No, I'm ready." Yeah, you're ready. But is your mind ready? Because when you are afraid to explode the same way that you used to, you're now you're now putting yourself at risk for other injuries. And that's what has to be fixed with any injury. Right. With any injury. So that's that's the that's another component to it. So I think his physical conditioning. I don't know about his mindset, but I don't know if it's quite there yet. I don't know if he's been doing full practicing and, you know, like what they normally would be doing. Um, as far as Cousins goes, Cousins' size is going to be the biggest issue coming back from his injury, okay? Because, again, he's a not small person. Right. He's right? a big dude. He's he, a big dude. He's listed at 6'10", 270. 270. Great. I don't know the last time I've seen anyone that size. So <laughs> it's one of those, It's he's he's a big dude, and that amount of force that's going to be going through that Achilles is 
it's going to be high. Well, he tore his Achilles back in 2018. Still. And then in 2019, in July. Was the ACL. He tore his ACL, yeah. yeah and so again, he, it's still, it's, but it's the same yeah. same issue, right? And because of his size, remember, your Achilles is going to be transmitting 90% of your body weight and then the subsequent force that you're generating. True. Okay? So, yeah, it's it's one of those he's still going to have that issue with his size. I think he needs to lose weight right? Uh, in order to be a more efficient player due to his injuries. That makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. Dang. I'm glad we got a doctor. <laughs> CJ, do you, do you want to get, let's get into the actual teams and how they break down, basically breaking down how they did this off season, which was extremely short due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, this season is kicking off December 22nd. You're listening to this right before or right after the season has started, hopefully. And you're looking forward to this new season that's coming up. Because of COVID, the last season ended uh, October 11th. October 11th. 71 days later. That is when the Lakers won the national the championship. Yep. Uh, and then 71 days later, we're getting right back into it. Right. <laughs> you know, they're doing this because it's all about the money. Oh, absolutely. But unlike in other times that we've talked about money, normally when we're criticizing groups for money decisions, it's mainly the NCAA on this show. And the NCAA is supposed to be acting in the best interests of children. Mm-hmm. In this case, we're dealing with professionals. And so they are doing it for money, but it's a conscious decision made by adults for what they value the money at. Right. So that's why I, I am okay with them doing this because of money, because everyone involved is involved with this decision in terms of money. So I don't have a problem with them doing it, uh, with it all being about the money this season, because the NBA is coming off a rough offseason where even if COVID didn't happen, they were looking at a potential decrease in the salary cap because China pulled out of all of their deals because of the controversy surrounding Mori last year. They lost an estimated $600 million from the China deal alone. So then you have the COVID pandemic end the season prematurely. You play the entire playoffs in the bubble and basketball is a sport unlike football that really needs those fans in the stadium to help generate revenue like basketball does make a substantial amount of money off of their tv rights but they still need people in there to generate revenue for the players because with the players splitting the pot evenly with the owners they need all the money they can get right right so i don't have a problem with them playing the 72 game season they want to get this season in they want to play as many games as possible so that the players can make as much money as possible so that the owners can make as much money as possible and they also want to get it done before the olympics it makes sense it's just this is going to be a sprint like nothing we've seen in the nba before. well i think and then also you have to i personally feel like the first two months of basketball are just gonna be terrible oh 100 because no they're still technically i disagree okay but still, technically, right? They're just coming off of their postseason. They would typically be entering into their offseason where they actually are able to build upon their conditioning and build upon some of their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of how shortened that, that the in between time, the 71 days, you're not going to see very much improvement in any player's stats or games or whatever. And so I think that the first month or two, basketball is just not going to be very good. I don't see people trying to go 100 percent 
knowing that, especially the teams that actually made it to the bubble, unlike the Warriors. Um, wow. <laughs> um, but those players that made it, or the teams that made it to the bubble, I don't see them coming out full force. At so all. I agree with that, but you said it's going to be terrible basketball. I, I disagree with this. I think Chicago versus Detroit is going to be one of the better games that you're going to see. Are we going to make it you're a drinking game or what? <laughs> the Timberwolves versus the Hornets. These are going to be some good games because these guys have been off since March. They okay. sure these have. These guys have had nine months <laughs> off, so they have had nothing but time to get ready and get ready for this new season. So while you're correct that a Lakers-Clipper game is probably not going to be it's great, gonna be terrible. a Lakers-Heat rematch not going to be great, if you're sitting around and watching the Kings play the Warriors – you're going to get some great no. basketball. So here's the thing. A lot of these teams still didn't have time to practice, which means they aren't used to playing with each other. So I think a lot of these games are going to be really sloppy, and they're going to be very high scoring because they're going to be blowing it on defense. Well, over so, and, over and again, again, because a lot, of this, a lot of the practice facilities have been closed and they can't have, especially in certain states. So here's the thing, though. Chicago. Chicago, <laughs> oh, right? Lord, here this, we this go. Is, this is the thing about Chicago. They only lost Chris Dunn and Shaq Harrison. They brought in Patrick Williams, Garrett Temple, and then Billy Donovan as the coach. Exactly. That's All literally right. it. So you said they didn't have a lot of time to practice. They've seen each other. Yeah, Zach but Levine and the boys. They haven't had any time to learn Billy Donovan's system. Exactly. But Zach Levine and the boys, they know how to go out there and run. All right. So so, <laughs> so here's the thing. So what? Let's let's just get. They gonna into, play an old system with a new coach? Let, let's yeah. <laughs> they didn't like that last coach. That's why right. they got a new system to begin with. Right. So let's just get into it. We're, let's talk about the teams that we think are not making the playoffs against any circumstances. I call okay. this the relegation zone. So you call it the relegation zone. I call this. I like to think of this preview as like the opening night of the Bachelor. Okay. <laughs> so these are the teams that are not getting a rose the first night. So we got the Bulls, absolutely. The Knicks, yeah. the Cavs, the Hornets, and the Pistons in the East. Yeah. We got the Timberwolves and the Thunder in the West. None of these teams are getting a rose. I don't think they're sniffing even that ten seed for the play-in game. See, this is when relegation would be entertaining. So, okay, so in your relegation <laughs> format, are we bringing them down to the G League? G League, and we're bringing up like the G League All Stars. Might like as these well. Guys. Might as well. Hey, it, <laughs> it keeps it entertaining. It keeps it entertaining. <laughs> so, you think the main red claws are going to be taking the bull spot? <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, I feel like that basically is the bull. Spot. <laughs> the the Reno Bighorns coming in for the Timberwolves. And you're like, isn't oh, that hey, look at the that. same That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. And then now you got Cat playing the G League. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh my god, that would be so hilarious. What if Cat was a full-time G League player, what do you think his averages would be? Cuz I think he can do like I think he can average 50, 50 and 25. I was going to say 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fun fact, in the G League, he'd actually look like he could play defense, though. Dang. Like, I think he can actually get two blocks a game. Man. Ooh. Well, with that being the case, let's start in the East. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start start with Chicago, right? Like I said, the the biggest addition they got was they got a new coach Mm -hmm. and Billy Donovan. They lost Chris Dunn, but they didn't really work out Chris Dunn anyway. Okay. Zach Levine is the star of this team. Right. Last year they went twenty two and forty three. They're not going to make the playoffs again. They're still not going to make the playoffs. No. They added Gary Temple. That's kind of it. What do they need to do, CJ, to like become better? Um, they need new players. <laughs> yeah, I was well, they got say. so many young guys like Lori Markkinen 
and Wendell Carter Jr. Here's the thing. They don't have guys that play well together. Like, their best player on this team is actually probably Thomas Sadoransky. And he's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, Zach Levine is your scorer, but I think he's a big numbers on bad team kind of guy. Yeah. Like, his ceiling might be Lou Williams, but he can't be Lou Williams on this team because this team is trash. You need to figure out who your keepers are so that you can figure out where to plug and play. Like they might be two years away from being two years away. So if, if, if you're a Bulls fan, what should you be looking forward to this season? High draft pick. Okay. I just, I don't see they're going to steal some games because they're young and hungry, but their best players, like I said, Sadoransky, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Wendell maybe? Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. But like, I don't, I don't feel like I've ever seen anything out of Wendell Carter. Uh, NBA uh, lineups.com has him rated as an eighty-four, though. They think that's he's he's on, he's on the good side. It's like a, a B. They, so you, they're trying wait. to give him an upside. So yeah, like, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a rookie. He's a second-year player. You know when you play two K. Uh-huh. And you get a dude that's like 91 overall, yeah. but he's trash whenever you play with him. Yeah. That's Wendell Carter. Oh, okay. Like you you shoot like two for 17 with them because you can't figure out the timing of his jump shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be Wendell Carter. Like you're going to have to figure out how to go off with Luke Cornett because you're not going to be able to do it with Wendell Carter. Hey, shout out to Fleming in the video game. Rated 68, yeah, your boy can drain threes. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel you. I, I get it. I get it. So I think I think you have to look for the development of Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. if you're a Bulls fan. That's all you can really work for and hope that the, the Billy Donovan system brings some hope. Maybe. I think that. I think that's all you can really look for. What about the Pistons? Okay, the Pistons this season, they added a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. They brought in Jeremy Grant. They brought in DeLon Wright. They brought in Mason Plumley. Lost Luke Kennard and Langston Galloway. Last year went 20 and 46 before they got shut down. What, what do you think we're looking at with them? I think bringing in Jeremy Grant and having Blake Griffin, if especially with those two staying healthy, mm-hmm. they might be able to compete for a 10 seed in the East just because the East is weak. But I don't think they're getting near it. Like, when was the last time Blake Griffin actually stayed healthy? I literally was going to ask that question. Do we actually think that he's going to play the full season? Um, I think getting rid of Reggie Jackson was addition by subtraction. Like, last year? Yeah. And I think now a full year without him? But they also have Derrick Rose. This team has Derrick Rose. But Derrick Rose has been been sneaky productive. He hasn't been the same since he tore his ACL, though. No, he hasn't. But he hasn't been awful. No, he has not. I mean, as of late, anyways, because there was a little, there's a little dry spell there. Yeah, uh, it's just they ha- they have a weird blend of like aging vets and young dudes. Because like, if you're relying on Wayne Ellington and Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose and Mason Plumley, like maybe you make the playoffs in the East so that you can get that play-in game. If you're really lucky, maybe you get to host that play-in game. Speaking of the play-in game, this season they're doing something that's different, right? Eight teams make the playoffs normally. Right. But they've added 
two spots so that the seven and eight will play each other in a playing game coming the end of the season. Whoever finishes seventh will whoever finishes whoever wins that game will be in the playoffs at the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Nine and ten will be playing each other in a game, and whoever wins that game has the opportunity to play the eighth seed, who lost the seven eight game, right? To get in and take that eighth seed spot. So that's something that's different for this season. I like that, and I'm real excited for it. I'm real like excited that. for it too. It's just is it a single play game? Yes, one game. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a one and done. So if you're that seven or eight seed, you win, you're in. Yep. If you're nine or ten, you gotta win too. Mm-hmm. And like I like it. I like giving teams more chances. And the Pistons are one of those teams that like they could float by this season. They can finish this season like thirty-two and forty and get in the playoffs. Like <laughs> actually get in the playoffs. What you got to do is you got to be a ten seed, right. right? And you got to just win two games. And if I'm if I'm the coach of that team, I'm like we got to we got to just win two, uh-huh. only two games. We got to win that ten-nine game. Then we got to go on the road to wherever that eight seed is, and then just got to pound on them for they just lost. They know they're gonna be playing very hungry because they know that this is their last chance to get in. Yeah, their yeah. butts are gonna clinch up. And so we just <laughs> gotta hope that we can be the one that gets it done. You know what I'm saying? Get in there from that ten, jump from that ten to the eight. Right. I love that. I just love it. I think it's great. But so that's so the one hope you think that you have for the Pistons fans is try to get to ten. Well, here's the thing. So we have the Bulls out. We don't think they're getting in. We don't think the Cavs are getting close. No. Well, the Cavs. The Cavs lost Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. They lost. Uh, they brought in Javale McGee. They oh. brought in a couple other guys, but that's that's Javale's the biggest great name. replacement. You're getting about the same. Now you're getting <laughs> you're getting defensive rebounds instead of offensive rebounds in that situation. Because Tristan Thompson, for whatever reason, could get the ball on yeah. offensive rebounds. In today's NBA, who shoots on the Cavs roster? Kevin their Love. Be- their best shooter after Kevin Love is Matthew Mel- Deladova. Yeah. Dante Exum. Dante Exum is good. You got Deli. Seti Osman? Seti Osman's a shooter, though. Yeah, but did, I mean, he's not a good yeah, he's shooter. He's not that great of a shooter. You got Colin Sexton, man, when he was at okay, Alabama. Okay, he can't shoot. He, <laughs> he literally can't when shoot. He was, did you say when Darius he was at Garland Alabama? Darius Garland could shoot. Yeah, Darius Garland. Yeah, Colin Sexton shoot. cannot. Colin Sexton scored all those points, though. Yeah, in the paint. It was that one game? No. <laughs> you got Larry Nance Jr. I mean, he's a dunker. <laughs> he ain't, you don't have nobody that shoot. You don't have anybody. Thank you. Thank you. You were you were reaching. I was trying. Did you strain something? I can help you out. I was trying. I was trying to help. I was trying to help. So like you got Andre Drummond, and you have Javale McGee cleaning up the glass for forty eight minutes. So they should be able to grab rebounds with Kevin Love, but that's it. Their defense is going to be trash. Yeah. Their shooting, like their offense, is going to be bad because their spacing is going to be awful. Yep. They're they're going to win games because they're in the East. Do is are they a team that goes zero thirty against the West? I don't know about zero thirty, but they don't. I don't I mean, think they win more than six games against the West. Yeah, yeah. I think that's generous. I, that's what I said. I don't think they win more than six. Well, I mean, who are they going to play? They got to play OKC at some point. Yeah, and the Timberwolves. What is that four games? Yeah. So <laughs> now we're saying the Bulls. There's no way they get in. The Cavs. There's no way they get in. Do the Hornets get in? Well, the Hornets this offseason they they added Wait, a couple hold on. Guys. Before you say any of that. Who were they bidding against for Gordon Hayward? 
question. Nobody was paying Gordon that money. But Gordon got the bag, man. Well, yeah, and then he... Is he even starting the season? Because he uh, broke his finger. Oh, he broke what? his finger. Oh, so he got hurt again? Yeah, what? he broke yeah. his finger. So he's day to, oh, last I saw, goodness. he was day-to-day. Oh, my goodness. He broke yeah. his finger recently. Um, Which, again, altering the shot mechanics. Yes. Yes, altering his shot mechanics. But no one, no one, they were not competing against anyone for that. No. That money, no. Yeah, so, like... Just to briefly touch on the Hornets, they added LaMelo Ball, yep. but I don't think he's going to be a transformative talent this year. Devontae Graham was balling last year prior to the shutdown. But everyone has a lot to say about LaMelo. No, more than, no, no, no one more than his father. Yeah, I mean, his father says it all <laughs> no a lot. One more no, but, no, but I've, uh, I was reading somewhere that a lot of the veteran players really like him. They think that he has poten- like the potential to do something big later in the season, not right away. But I think they're going to dig so far down. They're going to be so bad that it's not going to matter this season. Well, that's true. So they're not getting in. And then you have the Knicks. (laughs) Do we even have to talk about them? I have one thing to say about the Knicks. So if you listen to our previous podcast, you know that Kevin and I play 2K together. We're trying to break the game by getting all the draft picks. So we did an expansion team. The way the expansion draft works is the teams have to expose like five players to be drafted. Um, every time we've done this expansion draft, the Knicks have exposed RJ Barrett, which is weird, right? Because that is weird. You protect so many guys, and as you look at the Knicks roster, I'm going up and down, and I don't know. Ooh. As you look at it, I don't know anyone more important to protect on this roster than R.J. Barrett. I mean, you He's have like the one. Frankie Smokes that I guess you protect. Uh, Frank Nicotina. You have Alfred Payton, mm-hmm. I guess. Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. could be something. Um, Alex Burks on the roster. Julius Randle's on the roster. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Nerland's. I, mean, I wouldn't have left R.J. Perrin exposed. I would Exactly. So, obviously, that game has brought in the Knicks front office logic. They figured <laughs> out how to replicate it. So, congratulations on their AI. The Knicks aren't doing anything. That's all I have to say about them. Right. So, if we go out west, we think there's only two teams that are not getting in no matter what. No matter what. The Timberwolves and mm. the Thunder. And the Thunder. Now, the Thunder has added a treasure trove of draft picks. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but what does that do for you this year? No, this year, nothing. This year, nothing. <laughs> it does nothing for you this year. But it what it does is it allows you to package those picks later and get a disgruntled superstar. So what you're saying is OKC just did what y'all tried to do in 2K. It's exactly what we did in 2K. <laughs> you see, what you do is you package those things and you get a superstar or a impact player that you're going to bring in and take care of business. And mm-hmm. they have some good young talent, like in uh, Shea. Gillis Alexander? Yeah. I was going to say Gilchrist, and I was like, that's the wrong name. Yeah, that's Shea Gillis Alexander. <laughs> they have players like him that that are going to be something. So you, you take that, and then you add in those draft picks. And they're obviously really good at drafting. They drafted Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, mm-hmm. Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. They've brought in a bunch of dudes. Jeff Green. Jeff Green has a, been a good role player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 
you they've they've drafted a bunch of guys, so the front office knows what they're doing. So if you just give them right. a lot of shots at, to, at getting getting guys, I would. There's no front office I would trust more in the draft. You know what's the most shocking thing? You brought up that they drafted Stephen Adams. He's still only 27. Yeah. I feel like he's been in the league for 13 I, years. I feel like that too. He's only 27. Nope, he's a youngster. Yeah. And wow. so he just gets dirty. He just gets down in there and, and dirty. So that's why you feel like he's older, but he's out there doing the things he has to do. They have these young guys. They've drafted these young guys and all of them are really good. And then they traded for Shea, Gil- Shea Gillius Alexander. They have not too much around him. But you just do that and you get yourself in position to maybe make around a big guy or just draft one. So here's the thing. They draft they have all these draft picks, but I'm looking at their roster and the only people that will probably be on this team when this team is relevant is Shea Gillis Alexander, maybe Hamadou Diallo, maybe Justin Jackson finally figures it out. That's it. That's it. It's a big Everybody else maybe. is gonna be gone. And but you have 322 first round picks between now and 2026 they got to get one right and right? that's the, and that's what i'm getting at is that you, you get all those picks it's not gonna do nothing now so broken clock so is right twice a day well jen if if you're what is the, the one thing i could think of if i'm the thunder fan is i'm just excited for the future i understand that this year's a lost year and i'm good with that right last year was a surprise year when we got chris paul and we all and we made the bubble Mm-hmm. That was a surprise year for me. Like I was shocked if I'm a Thunder fan. Right. But if I'm a Thunder fan, I'm like, okay, cool. We got a bunch of draft picks. We have a history of drafting well. And that's the real big thing. Historically, we've drafted well. Damn. If we've drafted well historically, that means we could draft well in the future. Mm-hmm. As long as we're in the right position. Yeah, but you also have to have the the same caliber of players that are coming out. But you can't control that. You can't control that. What I'm getting at is that every draft has at least a couple guys that are really, really good. At least a couple. Even this one, LaMelo could be really, really good. Cole Cole Alexander could be really, really good. We're going to find out, though. You're going to find out. I mean, you are. And so with each one possibly having someone that's really, really good, you need guys in the front office that are good talent evaluators. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm excited as a Thunder fan is because – I believe my team, my GM team, are real good talent evaluators by finding Russell Westbrook, James Harden, getting Kevin Durant, stuff like that. They're really good. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing the things that they got to find out. Finding, getting Steven Adams, you know? Getting, um, did they get Jeremy Grant? Did they draft Jeremy Grant? They did. So that's what makes us really good talent evaluators. So you know who's a team that is not good at talent evaluation? <laughs> Who? The Timberwolves. No. <laughs> like, they just oh, mess up these. When they occasionally do get the pick right, they trade the dudes away. They do. Because the dudes don't want to stay because they screw it up. So the Timberwolves, they have Cat until he decides he's ready to leave, which I don't think he's going to be able to leave for like two more years. But he's going to want to go. Right? They acquired D'Angelo Russell because they traded him away, giving up Andrew Wiggins who they traded for when they traded away their last really good draft pick prior to Cat and Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. But they took, like, how did they never develop Wiggins? And, oh, Anthony Bennett. Oh. Mm. Anthony, so they have proven that they're not great talent evaluators. No, they didn't draft Bennett. They did? Oh, no, the Cavs did. I 
he just okay. never played for them. Mm-hmm. But it, it, they basically drafted him. Yeah. Because they knew that deal was in place. Yeah. They can't figure it out. And I'm looking at their roster now, and who's going to play defense to get stops? They're just going to be in shootouts every night. Every single night. Which, if you're a Wolves fan, do you take it as a slap in the face that they re-signed Ricky Rubio, which reminds you that they took him and Johnny Flynn and then Steph Curry went off the board. I literally was just Why about you, to bring that I up. I feel like, though, you just like to bring that up to rub it in their faces. I mean, I mean, they, I was going to bring it up to How do you take two point guards back-to-back before Steph Curry? I mean, and Ricky Rubio has been subpar at best. Ah, subpar is strong. I think Ricky Rubio, he can't shoot. But his passing has always been elite. He's, and his defense has gotten better. Yeah, so I wouldn't say subpar. I think I'm he's saying subpar. an average point guard. I think he's an average point guard. Boy, they could have had Steph Curry. Yes. I mean, Johnny Flynn's out the league. He was out the league after his first his rookie deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, if that's the, if I mean, that was the other guy they took. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I feel like you calling him subpar is just rude. Yeah. No, John, it's not Johnny rude. Flynn was subpar. Yeah. It's, it's not rude for how high he was taken. Fair. That's not what we're talking about. But I'm, but I'm letting you know Fair. that that's why I'm, I'm agreeing with this whole talent evaluation. Yeah. Because I would have never taken him that high. So do you think Ryan Saunders? You 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 can't say that because Ricky Rubio was ball, was like sixteen and balling in Europe. And Ricky where Rubio was a prodigy. And where Europe? Oh, okay. There, I mean, interesting. Uh, Nor- Dirk Nowitzki was balling in Europe, and he is. And a, how tall is he? Is that what we're going by? <laughs> is that what I, we're I'm just asking he's questions. He's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. Listen, you can't teach. There height. are guys that play overseas that come over. Tony Kukoc, but right, Tony no, 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 Kukoc and, and don't get me wrong. Uh, no, Tony Kukoc got ruined by Michael Jordan. No, but no, no, Tony Kukoc was balling though in Europe. Yeah, no, and he no, got and ruined by Michael Jordan. And that's correct, the thing, though. Correct, and but I'm saying though, for you to say Ricky Rubio, like as talent evaluators, and take Johnny Flynn was a was a miss. That was that was where they looked like bad talent evaluators. I don't think you you could say that with Ricky Rubio. I I wouldn't have never drafted him that high. But again, what I'm saying is is that when you're talking about playing Euroball and then trying to translate that into the NBA, it's completely different. And again, you can't teach certain things right. that will absolutely translate and transfer over to the NBA. Other things that have to be adjusted constantly, I think that's where when you when you bring up, oh, he was balling in Europe, I'm like, that's great for Europe. But not everyone <laughs> Is going to have that same level of balling because again, we're how talking much do you about love Pal Gasol? What was that? How much do you love Pal Gasol? You know I love Pal. I know. So then, why are you <laughs> gonna sit here and try to say because, Pal Gasol because, is because, another one? It is another one. But when the you Gasol think about, brothers ball, they do. But again, this is that's an again we can't teach their height. Okay. Okay. But but and, what Ricky Rubio did because he was a facilitator. He was a playmaker, and he still was that in the NBA. But you're again playing against probably average B talent compared to the NBA because, and this is where it comes back to when you're looking at Europe, where do their, what sports do their best athletes play? It ain't basketball. Their best, their best athletes will self-select into other sports in yeah, Europe. They end up playing soccer. And they end up playing soccer. Oh, like 90% of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so when you're looking at playing against average B talent in Europe, and then you want to say that they were balling over there and you can bring them over to the NBA. It's, the, the talent levels are completely different. Uh, okay. I mean, I feel like oh, the Clippers had, um, what was his face a couple years ago? Ante Zizic? No, he was a European baller. He was older when he came over and made his NBA debut. 
And he did great for the the Clippers for a couple of years, and then he like retired, like legitimately retired because he played in Spain or Spain for forever. Forgot his name. He was because that's how good he was, right? No, no, no he was in the Clippers. <laughs> I'm not. Like, I wasn't watching him like that, but like he uh, he was notorious for smoking and eating <laughs> cheeseburgers. You know what I'm talking about? No. So no, I'm literally la- with I'm with CJ last question <laughs> about the Timberwolves before uh, we move. I'm gonna on. look him up. Last question. Who will be their second best player at the end of this season? Cat will obviously still be number one. Will it be D'Angelo Russell, Jarrett Culver, or Anthony Edwards? Hmm. I think Anthony Edwards. I was going to say Edwards, too. I think it's going to be Jarrett Culver. Really? Mm-hmm. I think he will be their second best player by the end of the season. Only time will tell. So, we are moving on. Mil- Milos Teodosic. I'm... Remember- you hear those crickets? <laughs> I, you guys don't remember him? No. No. He's a, he was a Euro- European star. He came over, played for the Clippers. He was their starting point guard. He did well with Doc Rivers and with the Clippers before they went and got. He was an all star. Kawhi. He was. No. A, he was a European all star. Oh, but not in the NBA. That's not okay. fair if you're talking about the West. I'm just. He, I remember questions. him. He was a solid contributor for like six months. And that's when that's how long he was here. He was, he was solid. Always, it was okay, like solid. six he was, months. He came over in the middle of the year and only played for that amount of time. And he then, played after Chris Paul left. Yeah, and then didn't resign. He like went back to Europe because he was like, yeah. I don't really want to do this. Yeah, because he was <laughs> playing against. No, real I don't think he had anything to do with the talent like, because he came over. He had already been. He was already like 33 when he came over, and I think he was like, mm, mm. Uh, forget him. I don't want. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to work that hard. So w- let's move on. We've talked about the teams that aren't getting a rose that first night. Right. These let's talk about the teams that are going to be in the fringe of the playoffs. Maybe they're getting in for sure, but they're not going to make any noise. I like to think of these as the teams that make it past the first night of the Bachelor, but we don't really learn their names. No, we don't know anything about them. They may not get a single on-camera interview all season, but they're going to be around. So in the East, we got the Wizards, the Hawks, the Magic, and the Pacers. Let's talk about them because there's a lot of teams in the West. So let's talk about the Wizards. They just went and got your boy, Kevin, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Do you think this makes them a playoff lock? Yes. That single Yes, let me tell you why. Because they already had Bradley Bill. So you think about they went and got Russ. Mm -hmm. Who'd they lose? Wall. Did they lose Wall if he ain't played for two years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. No, no, no. But I was just trying to think in my mind. No, roster right. wise. That's, what that's what I'm getting at, right? They lost John Wall, who ain't played in two years. No. So you literally took zero and then added 80. You have already gone up. But Russ isn't zero anymore. Now he's number four. Bro. <laughs> We're not talking about his number. <laughs> so here's the thing. Russ didn't want to go to Washington. No. He just didn't want to be in Houston anymore. Do you think he's fully invested? Like, I know he has his mega deal, so he doesn't really have much agency on that. Like, he's going to play where he's going to play. But, like, is he a difference maker? Do they have the shooting to support him? I know they got Bradley Beal. Uh, who else do they have? Like, is their third best player Davis Bertans? But also, yeah, do they is. even have the work ethic to keep up with they Russ do. Westbrook? They do. That's why Russ is happy to be there. Because... Houston, who we're going to talk about next. Yeah. That's why Russ wanted to be gone. Right. I, I, I think that's enough for me. They said Russ is in the gym early, and God is starting to join him in the gym early. That's work ethic. Right. And I just, mm-hmm. but I, 
All right. Do as long think, as I can sustain that. You think Russ is happy being back with Scott Brooks? Yes. I think he liked playing for Scott Brooks. He played for Scott Brooks for many years. Yeah, they were together, what, six years? I think Scott Brooks, Seven had, years. I think Scott Brooks yeah. ran out of ideas to help make that team better. And so hopefully he's rejuvenated. Well, he was he was coaching a secret egomaniac in Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yes. Who knew? Who, Who knew? knew? I didn't. No one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and by the way, Kevin Durant, when you uh, tweet us or you write about us on one of your burner, your accounts. burner accounts, we're not going to know it's you. But if you did, that'll just make us happy. <laughs> <laughs> Even I, if you're trash. So you think the Wizards are out in the first round? Yeah. There's not a whole lot else to say about them. I think that I think if they make you it, make yeah. the playoffs, so like 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 I've been trying to do one one good thing about this team, one thing to look forward to. You're now on a playoff team, and I think if Russ and Bradley Bill can really get along, you have a lot to grow off of because I think Russ still has many good years left. What what seed do you think they're going to be? Seven, seven, six, seven, eight. Like finish the season at seven or finish the season at seven. Okay, yeah. Mm. So next up in the East, the Hawks. The Hawks front office got a make the playoffs or else order this year yeah. after being told a few years ago, take your time, build it up, trust the process. And they were coming along slowly. They were drafting a lot of young dudes to try to make a difference and build around Trey Young, trying to be Warriors East, basically. And then all of a sudden it flips and now you're going out and signing dudes in free agency and trying to make the playoffs this year. Do they do it? Well, they brought in Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, mm -hmm. Chris Dunn, Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich, mm -hmm. Rajon Rondo. Um, and you're putting them. You got John Collins coming back. You got John Collins coming back. You're putting them around Trey Young. Kevin Werder's still supposed to be a thing. Uh, Chris Dunn came over, and you got Cam Reddish. I think I think they're an eight seed. The Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. If so anything, you, they're they're going to be in the playoff play in excuse me game. If anything else, but they should be, but they they're not making any noise. True. They'll so, be there. They'll be there. So next up, you got the Magic. The magic making the plays? Uh, for the Hawks, though, I think the thing you have to look for is, is continue to see Trey, Ice Trey's growth and see how he really works with John Collins because that's going to be really the difference maker for your team. Right. Do the magic make noise? No. I don't really think so because what the magic did in the offseason, they kind of just stayed, stayed pat. They brought in Cole Anthony. Mm-hmm. They lost DJ Augustine and Wes Uundu. And they're not going to have Jonathan Isaac this year. Right, because he tore his ACL, yeah? Correct, in the bubble. So, no? I mean, they, no? They have Cole Anthony. They have Markel Fultz. They have Evan Fournier. He's been silently really good for a while. Right, for a while. And then they also have, uh, what's his name, playing center? Uh, they have Mo Bamba. Is he going to take the minutes away? I think because they have you're talking about Vujicic, yeah, and he's been an All Star, but they have to play Mobamba because you have to see if he's good. Do you go with like a Twin Towers thing with Jonathan Isaac's being out? No, because neither of them could shoot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
Like Vujicic was an all star because he did the dirty work inside. That's but yeah. they still have Aaron Aaron Gordon too, though. Yeah, but he's. He, unfortunately, I think Aaron Gordon is miscast on this team. I think he's a very good player. He's a very athletic player, but I think he is more of like an elite stretch four, like a poor man's Tobias Harris, a more athletic Ouch. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was an all star too. I know, but you call him a poor man's just. Ooh. But like that's. It's a compliment. <laughs> I don't mean that in it's a bad a way. Because, well, remember when Aaron Gordon couldn't shoot? Like Aaron Gordon was shooting almost 40% from three last year. Like he's a good player, but I don't know if all the pieces go together and they have no depth. I don't know where they go. Like they're going to get in these playing games, but I doubt they win them. I think they're in the playing playing games for sure. I think they're like a, a ninth seed, 10th seed. Yeah. I think they, you know, just miss. <laughs> I think that game is. I think they out. win the first game. Mm-hmm. You do? And I think they, they lose the second one. Well, it depends on who they're playing, but yeah. I think so, they're the ninth seed. They win the first one, lose the second one. So I you think know they who's, lose. So I'll say, you know who's not playing a second playing game? Who? The, the Pacers. Pacers. Yeah. You think they're a 10 seed? I think they're a 10 seed. I think Malcolm Brogdon's going to help them a lot. Who's, I who's, think, their, who's their star player? Still Victor Oladipo. Oladipo. But he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, no. It's funny because DeMontis Sabonis is becoming an all-star player. And that's at the expense of Miles Turner, who I think is really good. But becoming, is that, is that a conversation of he's still two years away? No, I think he might make an all-star team this year. This year? Well, they're not going to have it. It's like all ceremonial. But I think he might make an, all, make an all-star team, air quotes, this year. Um, But again, you're looking at a lack of depth because you got Brogdon, you have Oladipo, you got... Justin and Aaron Holiday, but they're relying on guys like Jeremy Lamb, Doug McDermott, uh, the aforementioned Miles Turner to be key contributors. I I don't understand how they plan on being better than a ten seed. Uh, I think that's it. Just uh, I think that's it. I don't. Okay. I just don't see anyone. I don't know. I don't see them making a splash. I don't see anyone on their team making a splash. I don't see anything really happening with the Pacers. You know what's funny is we actually had more to say about the teams in the East who are actually out than these four teams who are just kind of in purgatory. Well, I feel the same way about the guys in the West, right? Okay, because when you look at Phoenix, they added a bunch of pieces. They brought Chris Paul. Right, yeah. that's a bunch of pieces. That's, no, that's like, literally a bunch of pieces. So here's the thing. Chris Paul has been like sneaky stealth superstar for years where if he's on your team, you're a top five seed lock. In the West. so No, not in the West. So No, he's well, been in the West. And so I think they can probably be like a four seed. So Because he, you bring in Chris Paul, you bring in Jay Crowder. You, yes, listen, because you bring in Chris Paul, you bring in Jay Crowder, you lose Ricky Rubio and like Kelly Oubre, but you still have Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a super-duper star. He's a super-duper star. Kevin, Devin Booker is a super-duper star. And then you add in um, the uh, Aiton, DeAndre Aiton, mm-hmm. and giving him a full year after his uh, suspension and everything. I think they're a four seed. I don't think they're a four seed because you still have about top four seeds. It's top top four seeds, right? You got the Lakers. You got the Lakers. You get you get the Clippers, Clippers, the Jazz, the Jazz, and then the Suns and the Mavericks. No, because you got the Mavericks and the Nuggets. I think the Mavs. Don't I don't I don't know how much Chris uh Christoph Porzingis actually plays this year. I don't think it matters. It is, they have Luca. Luca's fan Luca's probably gonna be the MVP. 
So but here, oh, so no, no oh, three P. Oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold no on. three P. Hold on. Huh? Hold on. Hold on. I just thought about something that we just talked about. What'd you say about Ricky Rubio? He trash. Why is he trash? Because he's from Europe. Mm. Luka Doncic. And how tall is he? Where does he play? Where did, where did he play? What what position? Where did he, he cut his teeth? What what where position was he does he play? Where what was he amazing? <laughs> what position does he play? Every position except for center. Right, because he's not that tall. But he's got he's got far better games. I'm just you. Than you Ricky said Rubio. maybe 30 minutes ago that when you play in Europe, it's because you're trash. No, I never said that it was because you're Where trash. The, I said when you try to make the transition. The best players, the best athletes in Europe, <laughs> only playing soccer. They do. Luca. That's one. You think every the best sing- players in Europe only play soccer? Do you think only? You do you think every single one only does that? I said 90, percent and you can rewind that tape. So then, Lucas. So then, why why would you not pick Ricky Rubio at that time if I this kid wasn't an all uh, all star there, just like Luca was? Well, if we I go mean, back and look at that draft, you know class, what happened? Absolutely not. I wouldn't. You know what happened that year that the Hawks were picking? They're like, I'm listening to Dr. Jen, and I can't pick this dude because he is from Europe, and he's probably not going to be that good. Don't they wish they had taken Luca instead of Trey? Do the Rockets wish that they took Michael Jordan instead of Hakeem Olajuwon? Oh. I don't know. Is that what you say this is? No, but I'm just saying, like, you still got a really good player. But Luka's an MVP. But if they're listening to Dr. Jen over here. No. I, mean, like, Hakeem I, don't, I don't think he's going to be oh, an MVP. I can't. I think he's I in the conversation. I can't take him. No, no, no. I think he's in the conversation for MVP. I don't think he's going to be an MVP this year. But he was an MVP in Europe. So I think and now he's in the conversation here. Not only do I think Luca, I agree with Kevin. I think Luca will be an MVP. I also think because of the structure of this season, I think the Mavs will be the one seed in the West because I think they actually want it. I think and, they play everybody. All and the I time. think they play everyone all the time because I don't think the Lakers or the Clippers want the one seed. I think well, it's going to be a race between the Mavs and the Nuggets. But like also with the Lakers, though, LeBron's already been like, we're basically taking the first month off. Exactly. So That's, they're not playing until January. Yeah. And if they're not playing, then. That's why I think the Mavs and the Nuggets are going to be fighting for the one seed. CJ, I want you to talk about the Warriors real quick. So the Warriors are in this group of teams that we don't know what's coming. You got the Spurs, you got the Pelicans, you got the Grizzlies, you got the Rockets, you got the Suns, you got the Kings, you got the Blazers, and you have my beloved Warriors. I grew up with Warriors season tickets. I ride for the Warriors hard. The Warriors lack the depth to really make a run in the West. And I don't know what they do. So, like, Steph is back. I've never been happier to see a player come back than Steph coming back. But we still don't have Clay, which we talked about at the top of the episode. They replaced him with Kelly Oubre, who is a fine player, but he's not an all-star. We finally get to figure out what we have in Andrew Wiggins because he played without any of the stars. Uh, Draymond is going to be motivated to play this year because he finally has actual NBA teammates. And then you bring in James Wiseman, who played three games in college, three actual games. Then they're trying to still rebuild the bench on the fly because they want to be good. So, like, you had Kevon Looney, who was actually a contributor during their most recent couple of finals runs. You have Marquise Chris, who they're betting on the talent, and he was solid for him last year, but who knows if he's going to be good. You bring back old Warriors favorite Ken Bazemore, who 3 and D guy. You bring back, you bring in Damian Lee, who was a draft pick last year. Maybe he's good. 
Eric Pashal. He was a standout rookie, but it was because he got time. Who knows if he's actually good? Like, he played 30 minutes a night, and he put up 15 points a game. If he's playing 15 minutes a night, is he still going to be an effective player? Or is he just going to be lost? And then you have Brad Wanamaker, who came over from the Celtics. But, like, I'm not expecting much out of him. Do the Warriors make the playoffs? I think they do, but I think they're in they're in the, play- the I think they're in the play-in games. Okay. I think they missed the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I don't think your team is ever the same. They're not. No. I think they that you're going to go a long time without winning another championship. And it sucks because, you know, you're saying, oh, we're light years ahead. If James Wiseman doesn't become that dude, they're not getting back to the promised land anytime soon. No. No time soon. No. Kevin Looney's good. Eh. <laughs> But you All need right. James Wiseman to be great. He needs to be great. You need James Wiseman he to be has, great. He has, because he's got to replace a couple play- people. So Yeah, and it's really hard to find a really good big man in the NBA. It is. Yeah. And, like, even if he's great, like, does he learn how to shoot? How now, like, how, like, is he a lockdown in the paint defender and an elite rim runner? I don't know. How has he looked in the preseason? Have you? He hasn't played. He, he hasn't had COVID. Played? Well, we don't know if he actually had COVID, but the Warriors said they had two positive tests for COVID in the preseason. The only two guys that did not play in the preseason were Draymond and James Wiseman. So I'm thinking they were the two positive They're tests. Probably. Yeah. So I don't know where they, like, I don't know what James Wiseman's ceiling is because I've never really seen him play. Yeah. Like they didn't have a NCAA. Well, he, well, well because season, of the NCAA's really? trash, that's why he didn't play. But you know they who else did? The season. You know who it's else? Because, it's because he played for Penny Hardaway's team. Mm-hmm. And Penny Hardaway has known the kid since he was a kid. Oh, yeah. Helped no, that's his right. family. That's, that's right. That's what happened. And the NCAA deemed him they ineligible for a few games. So he said, I'm just going to focus on the draft. Right. So, you know, what's funny is. Thank you for that reminder. James Wiseman only played three games. He also only played like five games in college. Kyrie. Completely different position. Completely True. different player. Yep. I'm just hoping for something similar. I, You know, what? I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, but again. It's a it's a, for a big man. It's a little bit different. That's a, that's got to be a real strong upside right there. So. Right. So I, I that's where I'm thinking about the Warriors. Let's talk about the Rockets because they are a team in chaos. Going back to my bachelor analogy, they are the team that is just going to raise hell all season long, and they're going home on a two on one. I want to get to the Rockets later. Before we get there, though, um, just so everyone knows, Doctor Jen had to run. So we're going to just finish this out, finish talking about these teams, and then get to the contenders and where we think they're going to finish. Before we do that, though, like I said, we're going to talk about the Rockets later. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Let's. So Zion was supposed to be the truth last year. Right. And he came in banged up, Mm -hmm. and he was on minutes restrictions, and he never really got it going. He's not playing with any restrictions this year. And – they have done a great job of building that roster around him. Yeah. They added Eric Bledsoe, added Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. They did lose Drew Holiday and Derek Favors. But by bringing in Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, you have Eric Bledsoe playing the one. Or the two, actually. You probably have Lonzo playing the one. I was going to say, Lonzo's probably going to be your oversized point guard. You have Eric Bledsoe, another dude who can't shoot but gets it done on defense. You have Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. You have Zion as an undersized four, and you have Steven Adams at the five. Plus, you have guys like Josh Hart coming off the bench. You have JJ Reddick coming off the bench. You have Cindarius Thornwell coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. 
they don't have a lot of size. Um, you do because you still have uh, Nicolio Melli and you still have Jackson Hayes who are going to really round out the size, and especially in Jackson Hayes and Willie Hernan Gomez. I was going to say, I don't think Melly's that great. I think Jackson Hayes has a lot of potential. But, but Melly's more of like a stretch four. So do you think we're going to see a lot of Zion as an undersized five this season? Not a lot of it, but you're going to see it. Because I think they're going to be a fast break offense, or they should be a fast break offense, but bringing in Stan Van Gundy, I don't know. I know they're going to shoot a lot of threes. It's going to be funny when you're, your three, your three, your wing is bigger than your power forward. <laughs> Brendan Ingram, six seven, um, two hundred, uh, one hundred eighty nine pounds. Whereas Zion, six five and two eighty. Yeah, like <laughs> you're gonna have a much taller three, and a smaller four, but a bigger four. But like, that means they could switch on defense. Yeah, and like because of Zion's size, is a super undersized five, like. He's smaller than Draymond, who plays five a lot for the Warriors in those death lineups. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Zion is Draymond. I think he's going to be way better than Draymond. Mm-hmm. I think he's an athletic freak. Um, but like, you might see lineups where you have five dudes on the floor between six five and six seven. Yeah, and it's just going to be pace and space because we like you're looking at a lineup of Zion. Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, uh, Lonzo, and maybe J.J. Redick, maybe Eric Bledsoe, mm-hmm. maybe Steven Adams. With with Brandon Ingram working as a four and Zion working as the five. Mm-hmm. And just have a three-guard lineup similar to what the Thunder did last season. Yeah, we're going to see that. It's going to be a small bunch of small guys, but a bunch of power, though. You're still going to have a lot of power in that lineup. Right. Which is going to be crazy. It's going to be an interesting team to watch. I think they're getting into the playoffs. Okay, you think they they almost made it in last year with the play-in games. Mm-hmm. I like their chances there. Do you know who I am concerned about? Who? The Grizzlies. I think they're too young. Okay. I think they're too young, and I just don't think they will have the playoff chops. I think they're going to be... And it, they're going to be a league pass team. They'll probably be a league pass darling. Mm-hmm. But they're not making the playoffs. Well, I mean, this team has John Morant mm-hmm. as Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. It has Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, have, Super Mario. They have Jonas Valachunas. But they have Jaron Jackson, though. Jaron Jackson is a very, very good player. Mm-hmm. Him, along with John Morant, I'm really excited to see that. But I think that they're still, like, I don't think they rise until some of these older contenders fall. Like, a team like the Lakers is going to have to fall for them to rise. Okay. Like, they're taking the Warriors spot or maybe the Blazers spot, but they're not doing it this year. I don't think they have the talent from on the back end. Well, they, they didn't make the playoffs this year. They were in the eighth seed going in, had to continue to get things done, couldn't make it happen, got bounced in the play-in game. Right. They The Portland Trailblazers figured out who they were, and they, they did enough. Do, 
I was going to say, if you say they figured out who they were, does that mean that they just gave the ball to Dame Lillard and got out the way? That was figuring out who they were. Yeah. Do, do you think that they're going to be the ones playing in the play-in game? No. Okay. I think if we're really talking about these playing games right now, I think we're looking at the Pelicans, right? the Warriors, the Suns, and the Blazers. I think that's 7 through 10 in the West. Maybe not in that order, but I think those are your four teams. I think the Spurs are going to be out in the cold. I think the Grizzlies are going to be out in the cold. I think that the Kings are going to be out in the cold. I think the Rockets might be out in the cold. So, okay, the Kings. So let's talk about the Kings real quick. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. And when we were prepping for this, you said that they might. I think they might. I think they have the talent. I just don't know if they get it done. So they have a lot of guys who could be contributors to a playoff team. They just don't have that top end talent. But like you got Marvin Bagley, you got Harrison Barnes, you got De'Aaron Fox, who was probably their star. Um, you have Buddy Heald, you have Rashawn Holmes, who's going to be a contributor. Corey Joseph is another com- contributor. They have the ghost of Jabari Parker. I didn't realize that dude was still in the league, but he can be a contributor. Um, Glenn Robinson can be a contributor and Hassan Whiteside. So that's a good eight, nine-man rotation. They did lose Bogdan Bogdanovich. They did. They lost Harry Giles. Mm-hmm. They lost Kim Bazemore, who I don't think is that great. but I don't. I, he's a 3-D wing. Now, but you, you just love him because he's a warrior in his heart. You know Ken Bazemore is the reason why Steph Curry is with Under Armour? No. <laughs> what? You didn't, you've never heard this story? <laughs> no. What? So... Back in before when Curry was on Nike, yeah, uh, Ken Bazemore was on the Warriors and he got a bunch of stuff from Under Armour. So Under Armour was just throwing him clothes left and right. Okay. So he was always swagged out in Under Armour. And Steph was like, well, how is this nobody getting all this Under Armour stuff? So Steph's shoe contract came up at the end of the year and he met with Nike to do the presentation. Uh-huh. And when Nike sat down and did the presentation with them, the title screen on the PowerPoint was of Kevin Durant, not Steph. So obviously they were not paying attention to his presentation because they had the wrong name on it. Okay. So he was like, all right, sit me down with Under Armour. And he sat down with Under Armour and he's like, look, you did all this stuff for Ken. So like, what can you do for me? And they said, I don't know. Do you want the do you want the whole office building? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you? Yeah, and then they backed up the Brinks truck, and that's how Steph ended up with Under Armour instead of Nike. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Thank you, Kim Bazemore. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. Does Kim Bazemore have a shoe? No, he has shoes from <laughs> Under Armour. Just regular shoes. Yeah. But he doesn't have a Kent Bazemore, the Bays three thousands. No, it's like like he might have like shoes in China, like Clay Thompson, KB three thousand. But yeah, no, no, he has no shoes. Anyway, back to the Kings. Like they have a solid rotation of eight or nine dudes who are going to give you problems all game long, and I think they're going to be frisky. But I don't think frisky gets it done in the West. Right. Like I think they'll steal some games. I think. They're going to be competitive, but like that's the problem with the West is because they all beat up on each other. At the end of the season, you're going to have a bunch of teams with between 28 and 34 wins trying to get into those last two playoff spots. 
And I think the Kings are going to be one of those teams that just don't get in. I, I mean, I don't think the Kings are in anyway, but so we could move them, solidly move them out of the play in conversation. I think we can, but I think they're, they're definitely not out. Okay. Another well, team who is definitely not out is the Spurs. I was about to say, what about the Spurs? So like, for the Spurs, I just have all the faith in the world in Greg Popovich. It's like Bill Belichick. Even if the team is trash, the coaching alone will keep you there. Right. But I don't know where the wins come from with this roster. Because you have LaMarcus Aldridge, who is aging, and he's still playing well, but he's figuring, like, he's not, I don't know if he's the best player on a playoff team. You have DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if he can be the best player on a playoff team. You have Rudy Gay. He definitely cannot be the best player on the playoff team. You have super sub Patty Mills. And then you're going to be relying on the growth of Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Trey Lyles. I mean. Uh, Murray. Deontay Murray. I forgot about him because he was out last year. Yeah, Deontay Murray's on this team. Yeah, so like you have a lot of these guys who they're question marks. And then you have the old guard who can they still like play at a level high enough to get them into the playoffs? Because you saw the Spurs. They made it to the bubble. They had a chance of getting a playoff spot. They just didn't get it done. They also have Jakob Portal. I don't know how good he is. Like, what is his ceiling? Uh, Lineups.com has him ranked as a 29th best center. There's 30 teams. Right, but that's still good. There's there's more than one guy that plays center on a team. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if he's the 29th best center, you're saying that's he's good. He's the starting center. Yeah, but what happens if you're the 29th best quarterback in football? That's not very good. I guess that's true, but they don't rotate guys like that. If you're the 29th best wide receiver. If you're the 29th best wide receiver, but you play with the number one wide receiver, you look very good by comparison. But even if you don't, like, if you're on a team – and you have a top wide receiver, and you're the 29th best wide receiver in the league, that means you're still, you would be a number one on another team. Yeah, but like being the number one on a bad team isn't the same as being a number one on a good team. I mean, just for comparison's sake, LaMarcus Aldridge is the number 11th best center. So he's definitely backing him up. That's funny because I think of LaMarcus Aldridge solely as a power forward. He's a small ball five. He's 6'11. You can't teach that. But 257. Like, yeah, but like LaMarcus Aldridge has had attitude about playing the five throughout his career. True. True. So you're playing But so is so is Anthony Davis and he's a seven footer. Yeah, but he's real frail. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, guys can feel a certain way about playing a position, but truth be told, if you are that guy, you're that guy. That's true. And so LaMarcus A is a center. Yeah, he just doesn't like it. Right. I mean, LeBron's a power forward. We just don't talk about it. But but uh, Jakob Portal being the 29th best center by the rankings, I think that means he could really develop into something because he's still young. I think this is his third year, fifth year, something like that. Yeah, he turns twenty. He turned 25 in October. Yeah, so he's still young. So the fact that he could – this is his fourth season. So the fact that he could really still develop into something, I think is something to talk about. I just wonder if the game – like. Not the game has passed him by, but the style of the game has passed him by. LaMarcus Aldridge? No. Yaga Portal? Yes. He's played in the league for four years. Yeah, but like, 
unless he figures out how to be Rudy Gobert, I don't know what his ceiling is. Well, maybe a Valachunas. Last year he's played in sixty six games. Mm-hmm. Started eighteen. Um, he had three hundred seventy two points on the year. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's like five points a game. Quick math. That's like five points a game. His field goal percentage isn't terrible either. He's not shooting three. He's not like a stretch guy, though. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. What is the ceiling? I don't know. 5.6 points a game. 1.8 assists. What's his rebounds? 5.7 rebounds a game. So you're looking at him as being like, a double double guy, maybe. Yeah. So maybe Lakers Dwight Howard. But if you have him along with Deontay Murray and like Lonnie Walker, who develops, you might have something there. But we're talking. I'm about not. I'm not this trying year. to say that the 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 Spurs are going to be anything this year. But like I was saying, I'm trying to touch on things that can make fans look look forward to this in the future, and I think. If these guys really develop, or another thing that they can do, move DeMar DeRozan. Who wants him? Who wants a mid-range jump shooter on the wrong side of 30? Good question. And this He makes a lot of money. He does. He does. So, better question. Is this Pops last year? Should be. I don't know if it is. I think he wants to try to go out on top. I think he wants to prove that he wasn't all Tim Duncan. Do you think of him as Alton Duncan? I don't, but I'm sure there's people are that do. I mean, he had Kawhi Leonard, couldn't get him to play, but when he did play, mm-hmm. they did well. And Tim Duncan was at the twilight of his career. Yeah. So I don't think of him. As, I think Pop is the best coach I've ever seen. Basketball coach, yes. I think he's the best coach. I think he's the second best basketball coach after Gino. Uh, Ar- Oriema. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I think oh. I think he's the best coach I've ever seen. Now that I think about it, and then I think Pop is second, and then I think Bill Belichick is third. Hmm. I don't know. I've never put that much thought into it. I think Belichick is number one because I just think it's harder to do what he has done in football than it is to do in basketball. So I think it's easier in football because football you create a system, you put the system there. Yes, guys have to figure out your system, but he's a defensive coach. So you just adapt, but you just put a system together and you put guys in said system and then be done with it. It's a set in, forget it. You just put guys in the spots. In basketball, since it's a flow thing, because football's not really flow. It's 100% set plays. Like you stop, you have a play clock. You Everybody has to get in the same spots. If anyone's even moving, you get an illegal formation call. Like, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is with football – is it's harder to hold on to your top players on a year-to-year basis. It's a much easier in basketball. This is true. I'll give you that. But and That's why I think the job is tougher. But, like, realistically, we're talking about 1-1A. One one in terms of? In terms of coaching talent, I think they're still the two best. Like, I think they're the best coaches in their sport. And you have Gino below them? I think Gino is below them because I think he has the clout. Like, it's really hard to put college coaches against professional coaches because college coaches can recruit and players want to play with other superstar players and they're not affected by a salary cap in a way that a football team or a basketball team is. Okay. 
Because, like, I don't think Phil Jackson is that great of a coach, but I think he's a great manager of personalities. And it's like the mysticism of the triangle. No, he just had the best players on the floor all the time. So I I think Pop is better. Okay. Okay, so you, you have Pop there as the reason that they're really doing amazingly, right? Mm-hmm. So or do you have the you don't have, you don't have the Spurs making the playoffs? I don't. Okay, they're out too. So let's get to some playoff, some for sure playoff teams. I want to talk about the Mavs, the Blazers, the Jazz, the Lakers, and the Clippers. But what about the Rockets? And the Nuggets. We're going to come back to the Rockets. The Rockets, okay, newsflash. If anyone that's listening and you're a Rockets fan, the Rockets, if they trade James Harden, are not making the playoffs. They're not. So you want to talk about guaranteed playoff teams? Because... When we talk about the Rockets, I want to talk about everything Rockets. I want to talk about their work ethic. I want to talk about James Harden's work ethic. I want to talk about James Harden deciding to go to Little Baby's birthday party and then coming to Vegas and then showing up super out of shape. I want to talk about their coaching change, their GM change, everything Rockets. We have a lot. So you you have the Blazers in as a lock. Yeah. So you have them as one of the top six in the West? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not sure if they're that six or seven, but I only have five locks in the West. You have the Blazers not as one of them. I don't have them as a lock. I have the other five you have in the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavs, and Jazz. Okay. So I would put the Blazers with the Suns, with the Warriors, with the Pelicans, and with the Rockets. Okay, let's start. Then let's start there. I, with the Blazers, I believe in Dame Lillard. I do too, but I don't believe in the surrounding cast. Not they that I think Cantor. Bad. They got Ennis Cantor back. You, yeah, he doesn't play defense. Um, but you still you, you got him. You got CJ McCollum, who's very good. You have though Ennis Cantor doesn't play defense. He is one of those few, um, few centers that can still. Shoot well. So mid-range. So like you have Enos Cantor. Mm-hmm. You have Nurkic coming back, which is actually a better player than Cantor. Right. You have CJ McCollum, who they, is fringe all-star, never they, made a team. But went and got Robert Covington and Harry Giles. Mm-hmm. You have Rodney Hood, who has always been a contributor. Good. Yeah. You have... Um, Anthony Simmons, who they think is going to be something. Okay. That's a really good rotation. And you, we didn't even mention. They Hoodie have Mello. Mello. They have Hoodie Mello. And he finally figured out how to play as not the superstar last year. Yeah. Maybe they are the six seed. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I just... I've watched them do it year after year after year. Why are you still a non-believer? I'm a believer in Damian Lillard. I'm not a believer in anyone else. You're not a believer in CJ McCollum? I think he's good. I don't think he's great. You don't believe in Hoodie Mello? No. Coming off the bench? Fun fact, I've never believed in Carmelo. Wow. I think he's always been all hype. Wow. Yeah. That's tough. 
Yeah, I've never thought that Mello was that great. I never thought he could be the best player on a championship team. He found a great spot for him here. But I thought at best he would always be a second banana. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's the story on Mello for you. Well, I think Mello's great. I think Mello was good in Denver. I, th- I don't like the way how he got out of Denver, but I thought he was great in Denver. I did not think he was good on the Knicks. I thought he needed to start changing his role towards the end. Uh-huh. And I think it took a while for him to figure his way and then being out the league for the year. So the thing about Melo is the game changed around him. Yeah. So he was a big three who scored in mid-range. And then the game changed into more about spacing and shooting threes. And he should have embraced being a four who was basically a stretch four. Who mm-hmm. did dirty work, but he didn't want to do the dirty work. He wanted to play like he did when he was in college. And it took until last year for him to figure out that he's not that dude anymore. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's great for them because he can facilitate the offense when McCollum and Lillard are not on the floor. But I don't know if McCollum and Lillard can win a title together because I don't think they can defend opposing guards. And it's the little stuff like that that matters that keeps them from being a bona fide contender in the West. I still have them as a six. I can see them being a six, but I can also just as easily see them being a 10. Gee, I don't know about. Okay. I think they're in. Like, I'm sure they're in. I just don't know where they get in. Listen, my guy, CJ McCollum, is a part of the podcast community like us. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak badly about the man. I I think his team is definitely in the playoffs. They're definitely a succeed. And I, I don't think that they could win it all, but I think that they're going to be a succeed, beat that three seed, shock everyone, beat the three seed, and then lose to, the, to whoever the two seed is. I don't think they're going to beat the three seed because I think the three seed is going to be a team like the Lakers. Or the Clippers. Or the Clippers, yeah. Okay, so with that being the case, let's talk about the Mavericks. So I think the Mavericks... You think they're going to win the, the conference? So we talked about it a little bit earlier. I stand. I agree with you that I think Luka's going to win the MVP this year. Yeah. I think that even if he's not better than Giannis, I think voter fatigue is going to be real this year. And I don't see Luka... Like, I don't see Giannis winning the MVP. If Giannis isn't going to win the MVP, who are your other people... LeBron and Anthony Davis cancel each other out, so they're not going to win the MVP. I don't think the Warriors are going to be good enough for Steph to carry that narrative of he brought them back to the promised land, so he should be the MVP. Kawhi's not going to play enough games. Um, Maybe you have a Ben Simmons or a Jason Tatum in the East. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be Luka because I think the Mavs are very good. They were roasting people on offense last season, especially when they got into the bubble. And I think Luka is going to be the best player on the team with the best record. And I think that's going to win him the MVP. Correct. I agree. So I agree with that too. Yeah. And I think they also helped like they made moves that really helped shore up their deficiencies on defense. So sending out Steph, Seth Curry, um, bringing in who did they trade him for? They brought in in Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson, exactly. 
So you added size because what was the one thing Luka couldn't do? Defend point guards. What was the one thing Seth Curry couldn't do? Defend point guards. Well, now you have dudes that can defend point guards because you have Josh Richardson. You have uh, Trey Burke, who is actually a semi-good defender. Mm -hmm. Um, You have Jalen Brunson. When he's healthy, he will help. You have Tim Hardaway. He can't defend. Let's not talk about him. But he can shoot. Um, You got Josh Richardson. You have Josh Richardson. You have have the unicorn. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Tops, who when he's healthy, he'll be good. Dwight Powell, when he's healthy, he will be good. Yeah, Willie Colley Stein, man. I don't know that that dude's bad. But like for their offense, he's exactly what they need. They need a dude to run to the rim on pick and rolls and rebound Mm -hmm. and alter shots on defense. He can do those things. Like I think they will have a great regular season team. And they have Boban. Mm -hmm. Big Boban. And here's the other thing. I think making a run at the one seed, they may be able to dodge either the Clippers or the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals. True. They also bring in James James Johnson to fight anybody that gets out of line. Yeah, he's he's an angry man. <laughs> Did so, you know he practiced uh, MMA? No, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, either. He practices MMA. So, like, with all that being said, I think the Mavericks have that run-and-gun style where – they can catch you on any random Tuesday night during the regular season and drop 140 on you. And for this season especially, that's the kind of team you need if you want to rack up wins. Is They'll just outscore you because we're trying to figure it out as we go. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get wrecked by COVID, because there's going to be a team in the West that ends up not making the playoffs because they get wrecked by COVID. Um, If it's not the Mavs, I think they will go far. Because one of the, like, as we pick records and we pick stuff, like, Kawhi may be on track to play all the games and then he gets COVID and he's out for three weeks and now he doesn't have enough games to win the narrative of being the MVP. Well, speaking of speaking of COVID, what do you think about the Utah Jazz's odds? They still have Rudy Gobert, but I think mm-hmm. he's in a contract year. The patient zero for COVID for the NBA. Remember when Rudy Gobert made the joke about rubbing all the mics yeah. and he was good and then found out, oh, he had COVID yeah. and then we realized it was a thing and then the world shut down. Literally, yes. Rudy Gobert is the reason that everything shut down in the in America. Yeah, like not just the NBA, but like the world shut yeah. down. So he's a ruiner. <laughs> is that what you're going to go by? Is that he's a ruiner? Rudy the ruiner Gobert, yeah. Uh, seriously, no, though. Seriously, though. I think the team has come together because you got to remember him and Donovan Mitchell didn't talk for a long time because he wasn't taking it seriously. Right. So I think this team has come back together. I think they didn't quite figure it out last season because I thought the Jazz were going to go real far. Um, But they're, they've gotten better. They kept all of their key pieces. I think they're another team that can go out there and bang heads in the West, especially because they should have a healthy Mike Conley this year. Something they didn't have last year. So, Rudy Gobert is eligible for the Supermax extension. Mm-hmm. He had, from time of recording, he has two more days to get this offer to him. Mm-hmm. He has to sign it by December 21st. Do you think they offer this to him? No, but I don't think it's because he doesn't deserve it. I think he doesn't get it because they're in Utah, and I don't know if they can afford to pay him and Donovan Mitchell and keep that team around them. Okay. 
And I think Donovan Mitchell is probably more important to that team now than Rudy Gobert versus like two years ago when they were playing tough defense and grinding out 90, 85 games. It was Rudy's team. So apparently, reportedly, I have conflicting reports here. One report on the slamonline.com says that he adds that he wants the he's looking for the Supermax. Whereas on SB Nation, the report is that he did not ask for the Supermax according to Tim McMahon of ESPN. I'm not sure which one's the case, but Utah hasn't offered there's no contract for him to sign and we're two days away from his extension. I think with you already have Mike Conley on the books for a big deal. Donovan Mitchell just got a big deal. Like it hasn't kicked in yet, but he's got a big deal coming. Can can Utah afford to pay three dudes and then go into the luxury tax for that? Because at the end of the day, do you want to contribute? Like, do you want to commit to that much money if you don't legitimately think you can win a title? You know, what's crazy is that I think Rudy Gobert may end up with Giannis being signed and locked up. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Rudy Gobert doesn't just test free agency because he is now one of the centerpieces. The The Lakers re-signed um, Anthony Davis and LeBron in the, this offseason. The Clippers re-signed Paul George. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be the, the super... His superstar-studded free agent class is no more. So you don't think Kawhi's going anywhere? I think Kawhi and Rudy Gobert are going to be the two names. I don't. I don't think Kawhi's going anywhere either. Well, because Rudy Gobert though it becomes an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. Right. So he's playing in a contract year. He's been all defensive first team two years. He's been defensive player of the year, I believe. But I don't think being. That I don't think that player gets the supermax in the NBA now. I think you have to be a scorer. And realistically, how many bigs get the supermax now? Anthony Davis? I think so. I think that might be it. I mean, Rudy Gobert apparently did get offered the max, normal max, which is 28% of the cap. Mm-hmm. That's and I think he deserves that. Um, but he's looking for the super max, which is thirty five percent of the cap. I don't know if you give that player, like regardless of it's Rudy Gobert, whoever else, like I don't think you give a big person that size the super max unless they're dropping thirty a night, which he is not. True. Like it's kind of the uh, the running back argument in football. Like, I hate to bring it back to football, but it's you're valuable to my team, but you're not that valuable that I'm going to do it at the expense of other positions. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Especially because so much of the game is played on the perimeter now. And like Rudy Gobert is switchable and can help cover the perimeter, but I would rather have two or three wings than one super elite interior defender for 30 minutes a night. And like you said, we do. You do have to pay. You just pay Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. and he's the one that makes the engine go, if you will. Yes. If you're talking about this as like a train, you have Rudy Gobert shoveling the coal mm-hmm. and making the engine really work. But 
is he's the one steering. It's Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Where are these three teams that we just named in the Spurs? No, in the uh, Jazz, the Mavs, and Portland. Where do they sit on your bachelor analogy? They're probably the teams that show up in the uh, the house. They get some camera time. They're the lead isn't really interested in them, but they keep them around for a while because they don't really rock the boat. They just hang out. They are good time to have on group dates. You can talk to them one on one. You know, one of those teams is probably crying off to the camera like. I just, I need more time to show them that I'm really the one. And they're not the one. They're there. They'll hang out. But they're probably not making it to, they're definitely not making it to hometowns. Okay. So kudos to them for making the effort. But they're just, it's funny because the West has tears. So, like, you have the teams that are not going to make it. You have the teams who are, might make it. You have the teams who are definitely going to make it. And then you have the teams who could actually win the title. Right. And the only one of these three teams who might actually be able to win the title, in my opinion. Dallas. I was going to say actually the Jazz because of the pieces they have. But I don't think they can. Dallas has the top-end talent. I don't think Dallas has the depth. Okay, so then what about in the East, right? I want to talk about the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Raptors. These four teams are in. Are in. I think these these four teams, along with the Bucks and the Heat, are the top six seeds in the East. East. Yes, there's there's a very clear tier in the East of the teams that are not going to make it, the teams that are going to be playing to play in, and then you have your six teams in the East that are just going for the top seeds. And realistically, I could see any of them advance. Like, there is a way where any six of those teams could advance to the finals. But let's be real, there's probably only two or three of them that can actually make it to the finals. All right, well, then let's start with the Raptors. The Raptors. They won a couple years ago. They did win a couple years ago, led by Kawhi, who I think we often sleep on how good Kawhi is. But he's a very mercurial superstar. We thought we knew who he was when he was on the Spurs, and then we showed he forced his way out. Yeah. And then he went to Toronto, and he got his ring to show that he is the dude. And then he forced his way to L.A., which we knew was coming. When I, he forced his way out of this out of San Antonio. We knew he was going to end up in L.A. The amount of times people have told me over last year that Kawhi was the best player in the NBA was just insane to me. Because there was a never at any point has Kawhi Leonard been the best player in the NBA. He was not the best player in the NBA, but I think he could be the best player in a playoff series. That's fine. He's not the best in the NBA. LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Yeah, on a night in, night out basis, he is. But I think LeBron I think Kawhi couldn't be better than LeBron on a night. One night. Mm-hmm. That's not even gonna win you a series. I mean, I don't think Kawhi is beating LeBron with Anthony Davis. Right. But I think Kawhi could beat LeBron without Anthony Davis. In a series? In a series. Without Paul George? Yeah. All right. But I also 
have never been a Paul George truther. I think Paul George is a top 30 player in the NBA. So he is an all-star, but I don't know. Like I never thought that Paul George can be the best player on a championship team. We're going to dig into that, but let's start with the Raptors here. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Raptors don't have Kawhi. No, they don't. They just gave Fred Van Fleet a big contract. I told you they would. They gave him a bag. I told you they would because he's the heir apparent to Kyle Lowry. They still have Kyle Lowry. Yeah, but that team, like the future of that team is Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, and Pascal, Pascal Siakam. Siakam. Yeah. They don't have they, they lost in free agency. They lost Pal. Mm-hmm. I mean Marcus All. They lost Sergi Baca. They paid a ton of money to um, Forever and Fleet, like we said. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they lost their home, too. Yeah, so this year they're actually going to be playing in Tampa Bay because of COVID. Right. At least the first half of the season. As the season goes on, we find out what happens with uh, COVID vaccines and whatnot. But as of right now, they're playing in Tampa Bay. Right. The Tampa Bay Raptors. They have Aaron Baines. Mm-hmm. They have Stanley Johnson now. Mm-hmm. They have Alex Lynn. Yeah. Uh, do they, they have Norman Powell? Yeah. They do have. They've always had Norman Powell. That dude's low key good. Yeah. So they have like they have a rotation, and having a rotation in the East is far more important than having a rotation in the West. Yeah. Like you could have a rotation in the West and still not be any good. Having a rotation in the East. You're, that's going to get you a playoff spot. And that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. With, that the case, with that being the case in the East, how do they even fare in the, in the playoffs? Are they finishing in the top four? I would say no, but I would have said no last year, and they were a two seed. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much the same team, Sans Gasol coming back. And Serge. Yeah, but like, Serge had been downgraded to a bit player because Pascal Siakam has taken over. Like, that's his team now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And he's real good. But I think I think the biggest problem for the Raptors is everyone is movable for the right piece because they're trying to land the big fish. And they were one of the teams that was setting up to make a run at Giannis. And with no Giannis, I don't know where they go. Like, do they just work on making this team better? What can you do, though? Nick Nurse is a really good coach. I think he can have them competing, but I just don't... I don't see them winning the East, but I didn't see them winning the East when they had Kawhi either. And then they did, and then they took care of business. Yeah. I think Toronto's good. I think Toronto has a lot of fans because they were unexpectedly good. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the Warriors were the evil empire, so people were cheering for the underdog. But I think they take a step back this year. I think they do, too. And I think they finish as like a five seed. I mean, that's still pretty good. But it's still a step back. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to talk about a team that is a perpetual disappointment. The Philadelphia 76ers. Do you think Doc changes that? I don't know. I've never seen Doc win a conference championship. 
Well, he did with the Celtics. That was very long ago. Yeah, but you saw it. He has not done it, did anything with the Clippers, and he was there for multiple iterations of the team. That was literally a decade ago was the last time he made the finals. Right. And they lost to the Lakers in seven. So what does Doc do differently with this situation? Yes, they – so then, okay, do you think they finish better if they have James Harden? You add shooting. No. You, you you lose your main facilitator. I don't think they do better with James Harden because the way that this roster is constructed, it's built to move the ball. And he's a ball stopper. And he is a ball stopper. Because like you have Ben Simmons who initiates the offense and he's a distributor. But Joel Embiid needs his touches. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris needs his touches. Uh Seth Curry, when he comes in off the bench, is going to need his touches. Um, Danny Green, he shoots threes. He needs his touches. Justin Anderson, as a wing, he wants his touches. And, like, some of these dudes, when I say they need their touches, like, they're not putting up tons of shots. But this is a team that everyone touches the ball. And what was their biggest weakness last year? They couldn't shoot. What did they do this offseason? Go get shooters. Right. Bringing in Danny Green. Bringing in Seth Curry. So you can't trade Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up because the money doesn't work. Right. So you're going to have to move some of these other players to make the money work, which is the shooters. And what does James Harden do? He shoots or he creates open threes for other players. What happens when you trade away the dudes that are supposed to hit those threes? So I don't think it makes them any better. Okay. So then... What do you have them really doing then this season? I think they're going to try to beat people with their size. I think a lot of their rotation is very big. Like their rotation on a night-to-night basis is probably Justin Anderson, Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Dwight Howard. Remember when Dwight Howard thought he was going to be on the Lakers again? That was funny. (laughs) Um, that was rough. I mean, I feel bad for him. He thought he thought the conversation they had about a what if contract was contract offer, but it wasn't. Right. So you have them. So that's six plus Mike Scott, Ben Simmons, and Matisse Thybul. The only person under six five is Seth Curry. That's a big team. Yeah. Like I think they're gonna try to play defense, crash the boards, and shoot a little bit. And they're going to try to beat teams that way. You think we're going to be talking about Ubuntu? No. No, I don't think we will. I think that was a Kevin Garnett thing. (laughs) They lost Josh Richardson and Al Horford, though. Yeah, but, like, they couldn't figure – Joel Embiid couldn't figure out how to play with Al Horford and Tobias Harris. So now you slide Tobias Harris to the four, which – helps with the spacing because although Al Horford could shoot you couldn't guard wings because either Tobias Harris or Al Horford had to guard a wing now you have an extra wing on the floor to help on defense I'll give you that so I think they're big but now they're big and athletic in a way they weren't and they should be able to hit enough threes to get by that they couldn't before okay What about the Boston Celtics? 
Jason, this is Jason Tatum's team. This is Jason Tatum's team. I think getting rid of Gordon Hayward helps immensely. I thought getting rid of Kyrie would help immensely. Low key, I think getting rid of Kemba will help immensely. Because I think they like every year when they've hit the playoffs, it's who's taking the ball in crunch time. And I think at this point now, we finally know it's Jason Tatum, but Kemba wants the ball in crunch time too. And I think Brad Stevens is an excellent coach. And Jalen Brown also wants the ball. Yeah, but like... But Jalen Brown has no problem deferring to Jason Tatum. Exactly. I don't know that he likes deferring to Kemba Walker. Exactly. I think that they... I think Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are going to be the three that lead this team. I think having Kemba, it's... You have too many Chiefs and not enough Indians on that team. Mm -hmm. So I think you get rid of Kemba and you try to get a little bit more depth. But like... I don't know if Jeff T can still play. He's supposed to be a big addition for that team. Um, I don't Tristan know. Thompson. Tristan Thompson will get boards. I don't know if Carson Edwards can play. He's supposed to be a big, like this is the problem every year you have, they bring in these new dudes that you don't know if can play. And then Brad Stevens puts them in a position to succeed. And you look at the end of the season and they're close to 50 wins. And it's going to be that again this season. Like, Carson Edwards will probably have to play big minutes for them. Javante Green will have to play minutes. Romeo Langford will have to play minutes. Aaron Naismith. Semi Olegi, I I don't think he's good, but every year he does something to help them. Because this is, what, his third year now? Mm. Third or fourth year, he does it. Daniel Dice, don't think he's good, but he's a productive member of that team. I think Kemba might actually be what holds them back. So what can you get for Kemba in a trade? I don't know because he makes too much money. Right. And I don't know. Like, Kemba's good, but he's not great. Like, it's the same as the Drew Holiday thing. Like, you got to find the right team that wants him to make the deal work. Because we know he's good, but we also know what his limitations are. For Kemba, he's not a great defender. He's a streaky shooter. He can score points in bunches. But like he's coming off of, we know he has a bad knee now. He's on the he turned thirty this year. Do you want to commit to that much money for that guy? True. But with that all being said, every year I pick the Celtics to make it out of the East. A lot of it has to do with how good I think Brad Stevens is as a coach, and I think Jason Tatum is really good. I think Jalen Brown too. I feel like we we don't talk enough about Jalen Brown as a collective but that that kid can play i think those two and like they probably have the best perimeter defense in the nba yeah between marcus smart jason tatum and jalen brown Mm -hmm. but with kemba out there they don't like they struggle with covering power forwards right they're a little bit small taking kemba out they need to find a another like a stretch four because they don't need a four that's clogging up the paint. They need someone who can defend. Maybe in the, another big three and D wing, like a Trevor Ariza type. So, moving on from the Celtics, the team that I think is going to win the East and see what happens here is the Nets. 
I can pick the Nets in good faith because Kyrie Irving is a cancer. I agree. I think Kyrie is just bad for teams. I think Kyrie is bad for teams. I think Kyrie is a great stat, bad team guy. And as we talked about with Dr. Jen earlier, I don't know what to expect out of Kevin Durant. So and I they think, also have a new, a brand new coach, Steve Nash. Yeah, never coached before. They brought in Mike D'Antoni to be his top assistant. <laughs> they have a whole bunch of former Spurs on their coaching staff. They have Tiago Splitter. They have Ime Adoka, and they have Jacques Vaughn. Those eh. guys all played for Popovich in the last twenty years. That's funny. So you bring those guys in, pop guys. Yeah. Oh, they also have Royal Ivy, also a former Spur. <laughs> they ended up adding Jeff Green and Landry Shamit to the team. Mm-hmm. They still have Joe Harris. They added Kevin Durant to the team. They brought in so they brought in DeAndre Jordan. They have a very good rotation, but I just I don't know what that gets them with the new coaching with the top two stars being what they are. Because like they brought in DeAndre Jordan to be the guy to like to be the starting center because that was KD's dude, but Jared Allen is better. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Kyrie, but his touches come at the expense of Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie, who are both really good. But I don't think they care about that. You brought in Landry Shamit to help. Like they have all the talent. They probably have the most talented team in the East, but I don't know if that means they're going to win the East. Right. Because chemistry is a real thing, and I don't know if these guys are going to like each other at the end of the season. I think Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and Kyrie will like each other. I don't know if the rest of them like those three. Well, that's not good. Yeah. Like, do they share the ball then? They share with each other. Mm. So, like, they have a really like I'm looking at the roster. They have a really good rotation. Their rotation will probably be Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre, Karis LeVert, Timothy LeBou, Cabaret. I can't, I've never been able to say his name. Um, Torian Prince and Landry Shamit. That's ten deep. Uh huh. That's real good. Uh huh. Like they could probably compete in the West, good, but I just I have questions about them being able to function together as a team and with a rookie coach. And who knows? Like, what version of Kevin Durant are we getting? Are we getting world beater Kevin Durant? Or are we getting hobbled Kevin Durant? Because this team will go as far as KD takes them. Well, as Dr. Jen was saying in the beginning of this podcast, she, based on Achilles injuries, it doesn't it doesn't really work out for them. No, it doesn't. And it, with that being the case, it's I don't I don't really know how this team is going to go because Kyrie can't take you alone. No, he can't. He's proven that now. Hmm. I'm very interested what this team looks like halfway through the season. I think we should revisit this around an all-star break for this team. I, th- I think there's going to be a deal made for this team to clear out some of these players. 
some of their good players that work together. Yes. Such as Karis LeVert. I think there's such as Pitcher Dinwiddie. There's not enough balls to go around on this team. Yeah. I just don't know who they send out. Well, I I think they could win the East. I think it's gonna be between them, the Bucks, and the Heat. I I think the Heat overachieved. I think I think Jimmy Buckets played out of his mind. I don't think they can do it again. You got Goran Dragic is another year older. Uh, Jimmy, he, like who knows? He's got all those miles on his body from playing for Tibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and although Bam is very good, I don't know if he carries them to a playoff spot on his own because he's a big. Like they, did, they didn't add too many super guys. They brought in Avery Bradley. They brought in Harkless. They brought mm-hmm. in Precious Echiwa. Uh, they're counting on the development of Tyler Hero. Iguodala is another year older. Did you know Udonis Haslam is still on this team? <laughs> Udonis, Udonis Haslam is going to end up in their front office, and he will be a Heat player for forever. He was on the D. Wade Shaq championship yeah. team. Yeah. He's still on this team. That's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, they're looking at Duncan Robinson to be a contributor. They got to get minutes from Kelly Olenek. They got to get minutes from Kendrick Nunn. I don't, like, they're a much better playoff team than regular season team. Because I just don't know if they have the talent at the top to win. I think they'll rack up a lot of wins because Spo is a really good coach and they're going to play good defense. I don't know how they, I don't think they're what they were last year. I think a step back is coming okay. because if you don't make the finals, everything is a step back. Right. But then what about the team that was supposed to make the finals in the Bucks? I do not trust their coach at all. I don't think that they got enough pieces around them. They added Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. They botched the Bogan deal, the Bogdan deal. Mm-hmm. They did add Giannis, so none of this matters. They were able to lock Giannis into a five-year deal, so none of the other things matter. At the end of the day, they've already won this season just by getting Giannis to come back. My biggest problem with the Bucs is I think they need another coach before they make the run to the finals because I think Mike Budenholzer is a very good regular season coach. You saw it when he was the coach of the Hawks a few years back. I think you see it with the Bucs constantly being in conversation for the one seed now. Because I think he has a great system, but he makes zero adjustments. And because he makes zero adjustments, they fall apart in the playoffs. Because, like, Giannis, DJ Augustine, Pat Connington, Dante DiVincenzo, Bryn Forbes, Travion Graham, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis. That's a good rotation. But I don't think there's enough there to carry them through the playoffs unless Giannis is playing 40 to 45 minutes a night. They go as he goes. And he still hasn't figured out how to shoot threes. I don't think there's enough around him that, like, there's no second creator for this team. Mm-hmm. When the, Like, if they double Giannis every time he touches the ball at the top, who initiates the, sec- the offense? Who is the second option? Because, like, Chris Middleton can hit open shots, but he's not an initiator. Drew Holiday is not an initiator. 
who does it? <laughs> Chris Middleton, I guess. Nah, he hits open shots. He's not. He doesn't initiate the offense. The their number two in initiating the offense this year will probably be DJ Augustine or Dante Divincenzo. They need a big step from Dante Divincenzo. They do, and I don't know if they get it. I mean, he played well at Villanova. They won that. They won the tournament, right? They won the national title with him, and he was the best player on that team. But like being the best player on that team. It wasn't like he was a a lottery pick. Right. They're going to need Drew Holiday to initiate the offense. They're just he's just going to have to. But Drew Holiday isn't the same player that he was last time he was in the East on the Sixers when he was actually an all star. But he's going to have to be. I don't know if he can be anymore. He's he's only twenty nine. Mm-hmm. In his eleventh season. He was brought in to be that guy. He's a good player. I don't know if he's that player. Like, I just, I think the Bucks lack the top end talent to make a run. Because, like, every team that we've talked about in the East that has the top end talent, you got KD and Kyrie. You have Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think Marcus Smart is very good, too. I think it's those two going at it. You got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They're very good. I think this is the fourth team competing in the East, but I don't know if they're the ones that make it out. I would pick the Sixers. I'd pick the Nets. I'd pick the Celtics all before them. Uh, You know what? I'm going to give you that opportunity. Let's talk about the West real fast. Clippers, Lakers, Mm -hmm. Nuggets. I think those are the ones we have left. Yes. And the Rockets, who you're waiting to unload. Yeah. Let's talk about the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. They have... They they proved that they can get it done in seven. They did. They lost Jeremy Grant, though. They lost Mason Plumlee. Okay. They, they added Jermichael Green. That's kind of it. Yes. They... They... I still wonder about the depth. I mean, you should. There's just... They have Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. They have the Joker. Mm-hmm. What else do they have? They have Gary Harris, who is pretty good. Mm-hmm. They have Paul Millsap. They have Michael Porter Jr. But they're still waiting on him to take the leap. Like, he's going to have to make a leap for them to actually make it to the finals. Was he a second-round pick, though? No, he was a first-round pick. Michael Porter Jr. went to Missouri. He was drafted 14th, so he was the end of the lottery. Okay. He's... He was hurt, though. He was, and he plays power forward, but I think of him more as a... Like, they need him to be a tweener to Mm -hmm. make the leap. Because... Paul Millsap is very important to that team. Mm-hmm. And you have, like I said, you have Gary Harris, you have Jamal Murray, you have Jokic at center, you have Paul Millsap at power forward. That's where Michael Porter Jr. gets on the floor. Because um, if it's not him, it's Will Barton. Like Will Barton, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and a three-guard lineup. 
I just, I don't know where the depth is. Cause like Jamichael Green is a nice sub, but he's not a starter for this team. Or at least not a starter if they want to get to where they need to go. So they need probably two or three more people or two or three more guys to get them to that space. Okay. The Clippers. Mm-hmm. Kawhi, Paul George. You're not a Paul George truther. Nope. You think Kawhi could, could be one of the best players in the league? Yes. There was a lot of talk about dysfunction. Yes. Apparently Kawhi lives in San Diego still. Yeah, because they when the Clippers gave him the bag, they gave him the team. And so he comes up from San Diego. He's late. Trez was talking all about it. Mm-hmm. They're not happy about it. Lou's not happy about it. Pat's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. In fact, Kawhi wants to still replace Pat. Yes. This offseason, they lost Trez. Mm-hmm. They added Siakam. Mm-hmm. They added Ty Lue as their coach, and they added Luke Gennard and Nick Batum. They didn't really add a lot of, like, they got worse yeah. talent-wise. I think Nick Batum can help. I think that Serge Ibaka can help. But I don't think Ty Lue's as good a coach as Doc. I think Ty Lue made his reputation on the back of LeBron, which if you have LeBron, you're good. But you don't have LeBron. You have Kawhi. Kawhi is very good. Kawhi is not carrying you to one of the top seeds. And I don't know. Like, Kawhi and Paul George are going to miss games. And I don't know where the wins come from when those guys are not on the floor. Right. So I think the Clippers have a high ceiling, but I also think they have a very low floor. Like, probably the lowest floor of the contenders. Is there a chance they don't make the playoffs? If COVID runs through that team, or Kawhi or Paul George get hurt, like an extended injury, yes. I don't even think if COVID runs through the team. I think if COVID catches Kawhi or Paul George, they don't make the playoffs. I I don't, like, so it's a 72-game season. I don't see Kawhi playing more than 54 games. So I think he misses at least a quarter of the season just on rest alone. And then if you add in COVID. And then you add in COVID and now he's out maybe half the season. Like, Paul George is good, but I don't think Paul George is carrying your team through the West good. Like, maybe he gets you into the play-in games, but I don't know. A good question. Not with this roster. And not again, with this roster. They're going to have to make something happen. And again, I do not believe in Ty Lue. I don't even know if they could make something happen. Well, who do you trade on this team that has any sort of trade value? No one. Uh, Zubac. Zubac, maybe. And Pat Beverly, maybe. Maybe Pat Patterson. And Lou Williams. That's all you can really do. Yeah, but you're not getting a lot for any of them. Right. Any of those guys we just named, you're not getting much. Right. So that's tough. That's tough. Mm-hmm. 
There's nothing you can really do. So this team, everyone has to stay healthy. They're uh, they're like how I've built my fantasy team sometimes, where I have no depth, and if like a guy gets hurt, I'm scrambling the waiver wire. Yeah, that's this team. That team is who they are, for better or for worse, and we're gonna find out this season. Lastly, let's talk about the Lakers. Lakers had an amazing offseason. I don't understand how the rich got richer. It really makes me sad. They signed Anthony Davis after they signed all the guys. They added, they traded for Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. They traded Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. Upgrade. They added Wes Matthews. Matthews. Upgrade. They added Marcus Gasol. Super upgrade. They added Montrezl Harrell. Also an upgrade. There's rumors that they're trying to sign Paul, Paul Gasol. Mm-hmm. Or at least Paul Gasol would like to play. Yes. You re-sign LeBron for three more years. Yes. You re-sign Anthony Davis for the Supermax five years. Mm-hmm. You lose Rajon Rondo, which is tough. That's a, that's a rough loss. Yeah, but I think that he... It was playoff Rondo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But regular season Rondo isn't really a... Well, playoff Rondo, though, he's like... At the end of the, the championship, he's turned to some of the young the young guys on the team. And he said, I've instilled in you what you need to win. You know what the funniest thing about Rondo was? Is like going into the playoffs last season, I talked about I don't know where the shooting was going to come from. That dude hit 40% from three. He said, I see you, CJ. The shooting's coming from me. And he's like... He was like a 30% career three-point shooter before the playoffs last season. He got hot. They they added Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. They added Jordan Bell. Yeah, they did. They, they Alex Caruso is really just coming on. He's getting better every year. Also, coming out of their training camp, they've been talking about Talon Horton Tucker being real good. Yeah, and he's one, he's one of the clutch guys. Yeah. He's a clutch guy. Which makes me wonder, are they talking him up because he's a clutch guy? Are they talking him up because he's actually coming on? Because, like, he balled out in a preseason game last weekend, but it was a preseason game. I think, though, I think he's been really learning under LeBron because he's a clutch guy. Maybe. I think he's been hanging out with LeBron. He's been hanging out with Anthony Davis. As a clutch guy, that's what you do. You hang out with KCP. Mm -hmm. You just hang out with those guys and just become buddies. So I have a better question for you about this Laker team. Yep. When does J.R. Smith sign? Um, the season run until July. The finals are supposed to be over by mid-July so they can go to the Olympics. J.R. signs in March. I, I think he signs. I don't know what the deadline is to be on the playoff roster yet. I think he signs about a week before that. Okay. But I, I believe I, it. Because I, I just, I don't think he wants to wear a shirt till then. <laughs> he's still shirtless right JR watch he's still shirtless right now yep I, I think you're right and then I think they trade Kuzma they keep talking about how great he is I don't think they move him but if they if the depth that they have looks like they have actually does come true I wouldn't be surprised and you get a couple other young guys mm-hmm. because by adding Wes Matthews Dennis Schroeder I mean, Wes Matthews is 33, but Dennis Schroeder's 26. You add Mark, uh, you had they brought in Marquise Morris mm-hmm. in the middle of the thing, and they got him back for a super cheap deal. He's only 30. You brought in Trez, who's 25. Jordan Bell's 24 and serviceable. Yes. You, I mean, you know more than anyone. Yeah. He, uh, he's another rim runner. Like, he is your backup for Mark Gasol, maybe, but. Realistically, he's going to 
be the backup for when Marcus and Anthony Davis are out. He's the guy that does the pick and roll. Like he's going to be their Tristan Thompson when LeBron is running the floor. And the weird thing about this is that they really, the Lakers is one of the few teams as I look through up and down the roster that can really play a positionless basketball type situation. Well, that's what having LeBron and Anthony Davis gives you. Yeah. Is you have two dudes who can defend five positions. Right. And there's not a lot of guys in the NBA that can do that. And then you have Dennis Schroeder who can play the one or the two. Mm -hmm. You got KCP that can play the one or the two or the three sometimes. Yeah. Caruso plays the three sometimes. Mm -hmm. You have LeBron who plays all five positions. Anthony Davis who can play all five positions. Yes. As a seven-footer. Six-nine. You have Marcus Saul who who plays the five, and then you have Montrez, who could play three, four, or five. Yes. It's tough. As I said, the rich get you richer. It's not fair. Uh, let's go through the playoffs real quick. Who's the one seed in the West? I think it's the Mavs. Who's the two seed? Probably the Nuggets. Mavs, Nuggets. One, two. Lakers, uh, three. Mavs, Nuggets, Lakers. Mm-hmm. Clippers? I have a hard time believing that the Clippers are going to do it because, like I was saying, I don't know. But, so then who's the four? But I think their top-end talent puts them there. So I'd probably pick them. I just don't feel good about it. Okay. So you so you don't feel good about it. Who do you feel better about? Making a run at that four seed? Uh-huh. Mm, probably the Jazz. Okay, so Mavs, Nuggets, Lakers, Jazz. Fill it out. Clippers, five. Clippers. Blazers, six. Okay. Pelicans, seven. Actually, Sun, seven. Pelicans, eight. Warriors, nine. Rockets, ten. Pelicans, and then the Warriors, and then the Rockets. Yes. Oh, the Rockets. I think they get in if James Harden sticks around. Okay. Well, what if James Harden doesn't? So, it depends on when he gets traded. This offseason has been insane for the for the Houston Rockets. James Harden and Russell Westbrook. First off, Mike D'Antoni says that he is not coming back. Yes. Then, um, what's his face? GM, uh, Maury. Daryl Maury says that he also is not coming back. Correct. They hire Silas, mm-hmm. and then Russ and James Harden say they want out. So that was really weird at the time because why would both your superstars want out? Like you, you would think it was a him or me situation. Yeah. And apparently it wasn't that. It was both of them want to leave. Yeah. So how did you anger both your super-duper stars? Do you know how? Because they wanted them to hire Ty Lue. But Ty Lue is trash. But they wanted Ty Lue, and they didn't get Ty. Yeah. So they both wanted out. That was the original report. The Rockets then trade Russell Westbrook to the Wizards, to the Wizards. Okay. And they bring in John Wall. In the trade, they get John Wall on a pick. Mm -hmm. Russ gets there and says that the situation in Houston was extremely toxic. He cites a story of one time he showed up for practice and for film, and after an hour of them waiting for film, he tells D'Antoni, F. James, 
let's start the film because James Harden was late again because he was late all the time. Right. It's his team and they let him do what he wants. Apparently, there was times when the, the flight would be late for leaving because James wasn't there yet. There was times that James would make them stay in cities because he wasn't done partying yet. So the plane had to leave later. Practices ran late. Everything ran late because everything was on James's time. That's ridiculous. When you couple that with Russell Westbrook, who is my favorite player in the NBA right now. He has been for a, a long time. My guy is a workout freak, and he's there early. And he stays late. Right. When he's there early and James can't arrive on time, that leads to toxicity. Mm-hmm. And complacency. And that's what you had with the Houston Rockets. So Russ gets out. He escapes. James says he still wants out. James is essentially holding out because he is seen at Little Baby's birthday party giving him 10K cash for his birthday. What a birthday present. I want that. He's then seen days a day or two later here in Las Vegas at a strip club. His team is already in training Wait, camp. Hold on. He was seen at a strip club in Las Vegas? Yeah. The strip clubs are closed. He was seen at a strip club here in Las Vegas? They're actually open. Really? Crazy horse. How does that work? Uh, the, they wear masks and they can't really like grind on you. Huh. But he was seen here in, in town, a strip club. James, James' team, the Houston Rockets, were already in training camp to get him ready for the season. Everyone had to quarantine for two weeks before doing this, before right. taking daily tests. James mm-hmm. was nowhere to be found. Silas said that he was essentially holding out. And then he retracted that. Yeah. But he said he was holding out because he was. He was. When James shows up, he said he was getting treatment in Atlanta and, L- and Vegas. But there was video of him doing other things. Okay. James says he wants out. He gives them a list of one name. He wants to go to Brooklyn. There's no trade negotiations to be had if you say you only want to go to one team. Well, also, Brooklyn didn't want to give up their depth that we talked about to get him. Correct. And he didn't want them to either. Right. Because he just wanted to join. I don't know how he thought this was going to work, but he just wanted to join that team. Financially, I don't know how they move him because the only dude that, like, the dudes that he wants to be there to keep the team good are the ones that make the money to make the deal work. Correct. But that's where he gave them initially a team of one. Yeah, because he's stupid, but. Continue. He then said, I'm willing to go to a second team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Another team that it wouldn't work. Correct. Houston then says, Houston says, we'll just wait on you. Yeah. You're just, you're going to be here because we traded everything to get Russ. After we traded everything to get Chris Paul, who you said you wanted to play with. After we signed Dwight Howard, who you said you wanted to play with. Mm -hmm. We did everything you've asked. Yet you still want to leave. Right. This is the Houston Rockets saga with James Harden. Even now having John Wall, James Harden says he still wants out. I don't know where he thinks he's going to go, but even if he does go somewhere, the Rockets are not going to be in the playoffs. This has... James Harden to the Knicks written all over it. And 
it's where he deserves to be. And I hope <laughs> they get R.J. Barrett back for him. Yeah. Because they would let him go in the video game. I hope they'll let him go in real life and let R.J. fly in Houston. And then make John Wall upset because there's another young shooting guard that's coming to take his minutes. I just, I don't understand why. Like, I understand that players have the power in the NBA, but I don't understand how you can give him that much power. I don't know either. I I guess it's because he almost won the MVP twice. Yeah, but like, he never played a lick of defense. That's another thing. His on-the-court style is detrimental to a team's success. Correct. He shoots threes, and he's a great three-point shooter. Don't get me wrong. One of the best the league has ever seen. But he holds the ball. There's a 24-second shot clock, and he holds the ball for 20 of those seconds. Mm -hmm. He doesn't play defense unless he wants to. He stays on the floor and makes him play a certain style. That's not even conducive to rebounding. So what do you do if you're the Rockets? Like, do you give up on him? I would. I would demand a handsome ransom to get him. But I'm done. I'm tired. They have a newer owner. He's only been the owner for two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's tired of this because I'm sure he thought this was his team when we bought it. So, ESPN trade machine. We traded James Harden to the Knicks. Okay. To make the money work, obviously you're going to have to have picks and stuff because this trade is just not happening outright. But you trade James Harden to the Knicks for Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Frankie Smokes. Okay. According to John Hollinger's analysis on the trade machine, this makes the Rockets 12 wins worse and the Knicks 13 wins better. Okay. Who you, says no? Um, I mean, obviously you have to throw picks so in. So do the Knicks have a GM? Isn't it uh, Rich Paul? Not Rich Paul. The Knicks GM is World Wide West. Isn't it World Wide West? Yes, that's who it is. So I, are Leon Rose? I don't. Remember. It's Leon Rose. Leon Rose is the is the GM, and I think Leon Rose says no. I think James Dolan says yes. I don't remember who their people are because, in all honesty, once you go to the Knicks, you're out of sight, out of mind. I think it is Leon Rose, and I think he says no. Um, James Dolan says yes, but he doesn't run his team. So I think Leon Rose will stop that from happening. Right. Leon Rose was named the president of basketball operations. So they are going the agent route of trying to use an agent to pull players in because they have the relationships not only with other players' agents, but also with teams, which will help with trading. Like, I understand all of that logic. I just don't think it works. Uh, Worldwide West is the executive vice president. <laughs> it, it's one way for the Knicks to try to become relevant. Mm-hmm. And James Harden needs to spend some time in purgatory. Worst part is, if James Harden gets traded to the Knicks because of how bad the East is, the Knicks probably at least make the play in games. Scott Perry is the general manager. 
they're definitely making the play in games if they have James Harden. Yeah. And I think James Harden then feels like the man because he's in a big market. He's right across from his friends, Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But the Houston Rockets are going to get worse right now, but they could develop R.J. Barrett. And they have a little a cornerstone to really make this team go. Right. I think that Scott Perry should say yes. I think Leon Rose should say yes, but I think they say no. Because of all those other reasons. That's what I think. But I think the the Houston Rockets are a terrible situation going on. And that's why I wanted to save them for last because I wanted to talk to them about them. So you saying that they're going to make the playoffs, I don't think they do. Because you have them in the play-in game. Yes. But let's play this out. Suns play Pelicans for the play-in game. Who loses? Pelicans. Okay, so Suns are the seventh seed. Yes. Warriors play Rockets. Who wins? Warriors. Cool. Warriors play Pelicans. Who wins? I'm partial, so I'm picking the Warriors. <laughs> okay, so the Pellies are out. So you have the Warriors versus the Mavs, Nuggets versus Suns, Lakers versus Blazers, Jazz versus Clippers. That'd be an entertaining playoffs. It would be. Are they doing a midseason tournament also this year? They said they were, but they've never given any details because I think a lot of that is going to come down with how many games get canceled because of COVID in the first half of the season. Okay. So Mavs, Warriors, who wins that series? Mavs. Let's not even play. Wow, that's rude. Nuggets, Suns, who wins that series? Nuggets. Okay. Blazers, Lakers, Lakers? Yes, obviously. Jazz, Clippers? Jazz. Okay. Mavs play the Jazz. Who wins that series? Mavs. Lakers, Nuggets? Lakers. So you have the Mavs and the Lakers in the West. Western Conference Finals. Yes. In the East, who is the one seed? Celtics. No, Bucks. The Bucks, Bucks. would be the one seed. Okay. Who's the two seed? Celtics. Celtics are the two seed. Three seed? Nets. Nets. Four seed? Actually, Sixers, three seed, Nets, four seed, Heat, five seed, Raptors, six seed. Sixers, Nets, Heat, Heat, Raptors. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say at seven. Hawks, Hawks, seven, Wizards, eight, Wizards, Magic, nine, Magic. Pacers 10. Okay. Hawks Wizards, who wins? The Wizards. Okay. Magic Pacers, who wins? The Magic. Okay, so Magic Hawks, who wins? The Hawks. So you have the Hawks playing the Bucks, the Wizards playing the Celtics, mm-hmm. the Sixers playing the Raptors, and the next the Nets playing the Heat. Mm-hmm. In the Bucks Hawks series, who wins in seven? Bucks. Wizards Celtics season series, who wins in seven? The Celtics. Raptors Sixers. The Sixers. Okay. And then the Nets Heat series, who wins? The Nets. This is 
expecting everyone to be healthy, of course. Right. Obviously. So now you have the Nets versus the Bucks and the Celtics versus the Sixers. I think we're getting a Nets Celtics Eastern Conference final. So you think the Nets beat the Bucks and the Celtics beat the Sixers. So we have the final four teams being the Mavs versus the Lakers and the Celtics versus the Nets. Yes. Do you think the Lakers and the Nets are meeting in the finals? Based on this exercise, yes. Which I would not have said when we started this a while ago. Right. A couple hours ago, probably not. But But, as we sit here and we talk about these teams and we're looking at rosters, I think that's what makes sense. And then you have the Lakers winning the NBA Finals. I'm not picking against LeBron and AD. Right. That would be interesting. That would be really comical watching LeBron beat Kyrie mm-hmm. after the comments he has made over the last few months. Yes. And that would be interesting. I think the Lakers comes come out the West. I actually think the Celtics come out the East. I think that the Nets are a bad matchup for the Celtics because I think they, the Nets have enough dudes to spread the ball around to score. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I think a team like the Heat is probably going to be the biggest pain in the ass for the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't see them, I think they'll be fine. Versus like a team like the Celtics can probably take out everybody else in the East. I just think the Nets are a bad matchup. Because I think they're going to insist on playing Kemba, and I could see Kyrie giving Kemba problems. I could see that, but I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to overpower everyone that's not Kevin Durant. I think they can give Kevin Durant problems, but I we don't know what Kevin Durant looks like. True, As like Doctor Jen was saying, he's not he can't he's not going to be the same player he was. Correct. Who has the number one pick? In, who has the best odds at the number one pick in the draft? The Thunder. I think you have to pick a team in the West because there's so many good teams in the West. I think it's the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are going to have the worst record. I don't think Cat will let them. I don't think Cat Cat needs to play some defense. He does, but I think he's the like because this season with the lack of practice and prep time, I think defense is going to be down across the board, and I think the Wolves will win enough shootouts to not be the worst team in the NBA. Even though they're in the West and they're going to take a lot of L's because they're in the West, I think they'll win enough shootouts to not be down there. Because I think teams like the Cavs and the Knicks and the Hornets are elevated just by the fact that they play in the East and they play more bad teams. Okay. Who's going to be the MVP? Luka. Rookie of the year? Rookie of the year? Is it? I don't think it's going to be Edwards, but if it's not him, Lamelo. I think it's going to be Lamelo. You think it's going to be Anthony Edwards? I like. I don't think it is, only because it's the one ball argument where D'Angelo's going to try to eat and Cat's going to try to eat. Right. And if he's the third option, like, what are the chances of him getting twenty a game? Versus Lamelo, the only person he's fighting for touches is Hayward. Is Gordon Hayward true? And Gordon Hayward is always hurt. True. 
In terms of uh, defensive player of the year, who's going to win that this year? It's Rudy Gobert. It's always Rudy I think Gobert. it's going to be Giannis because Giannis is not going to get MVP. So you think it's going to be like a uh, a bone they throw him? Yeah. Who's going to get most improved player of the year? Who's going to have the best like new best improved season? I think Tyler Hero. I think R.J. Barrett. Mm, nah, because I think the Knicks will still be trash. I think the Knicks will still be bad, but I think R.J. Barrett's going to... Because I think with most improved player, I think you get like a guy that is still on a bad team, but they had a good season personally. But I think part of that award also means you help that team improve, and I don't see the Knicks improving. Okay. Last question is going to be six man of the year. Okay, you forgot one very important award. Comeback player of the year. Will they, they do that? Yeah, it's going to be Steph. How... How how he was hurt for like a couple days because he was hurt all of last season. It's oh, going it was to be all, stiff. Uh, he was he came back like at the end, didn't he? He played three games, <sighs> so he's going to get comeback player of the year. He's going to get who's going player to get sixth man of the year? Probably Montrezl Harrell. Either Trez or Schroeder. I don't know who's going to be starting. I don't I don't know that they still don't go LeBron at the point guard, and they're bringing the commission lineup off the bench. I like Schroeder is not going to be a ball handler anymore. They're going to depend on him to play more off the ball. And he does thrive as an on the ball player versus Trez has already gotten that rub with Lou Williams. Mm -hmm. And now that he's going to be separated from him, he's going to be on a better team. So I think that award is his to lose. I just think that the Lakers go with a rotation of LeBron, KCP, um, Wes Matthews, Anthony Davis, and Marcus all. So you don't think he's going to play enough? Who? Trez? Yeah. No, I think Trez and Dennis Schroeder are going to be a more conventional unit coming off the bench. Mm. With Schroeder, um, someone, uh, probably Caruso as shooting guard. So you think Schroeder is going to be there to prop up the offense when LeBron is off the, the mm-hmm. floor? Because mm-hmm. I think you go with Schroeder, you go with, you with Schroeder, you go with Alex Caruso um, at the three. I'm not really sure you put it at three. Oh, you put Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Trez and Center. Yeah. Like you insert Maybe center. Jordan Bell. Taylor, Taylor Horton. Tucker. He's a guard. No, but you ha- you have him in there and you move yeah. Trez down. Like I think he's in there. He's a four or a five. Yes. Yeah, I think you you do you do that situation, and I think Schroeder and Trez come off the bench, and I think both of them get huge numbers off the bench. But I think Schroeder, I think Trez are both in in the fourth quarter when it matters. And the fourth quarter lineup for the Lakers is something like Schroeder, LeBron. You get Schroeder, LeBron, um, Anthony Davis, Trez, and like Kuzma. Right. I mean, that makes or sense. Or Wes Matthews, yeah. And that's what you would have in the fourth quarter. So they're out there then, but that when that matters. But before that, you have them coming off the bench and doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Siege, we've gone about three hours doing this. I mean, we love ourselves some basketball. Yeah, it's our favorite sport. 30 teams. We did them all. Talked about them all. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jen, thank you. Oh, that's right. She had to take off like an hour and a half ago. She didn't believe us. I said, we are going to talk basketball. And we did. And that's what we did. Uh, Shout out to producer Albert for having to go through this. Chop it up. He didn't have anything to do that night. I know, but he's, 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 
a scholar and a gentleman for doing that. We should probably get him a Christmas present. Probably. Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, um, please let us know on Instagram, Fury Podcast Network. Let us know somewhere. I've enjoyed talking basketball. See you back here next week for our regular show. Oh, next week we're taking the time off because of the holiday, but we will be back in before the new year to preview the new year. And let's talk about what we're what we were thankful for this year in 2020 in terms of the sports. We can do that. Yeah. Also, look for us soon on our feeds. We're going to have a big old Bachelor preview. Yep. For the Bachelor. And that's going to be a separate standalone episode just like this. Yep. So check that out. If you got through three hours, hit me up on Facebook, Kevin Gilreath. Hit me up on Instagram, KG Fury. Hit him up, CJ Lee. Or at Keyboard Sarcasm key, on Twitter. Keyboard Sarcasm on Twitter. Because if you listen to all this whole thing, we love you and we thank you. Yes. Uh, with all that, I say bye. Bye. Bye.